Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I'm Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this is episode 15. XV. Whoa, we discussed whoa, this, man. whoa. You, you, you're breaking out the Roman numerals, huh? Final Fantasy taught me think anything this, is this year. Fucking is third Roman grade? numerals are coming back. I never got past 10. You know, if it wasn't for Final Fantasy, nobody Roman numerals, nobody would know them. <laughs> nobody would know them. You're right. Uh, so today we got a, uh, what I like to call a dense episode for you. The densest of dockets. So last week on episode 14, which is in Roman numeral, what is that? There's, there's an I and there's a V and an yeah, apostrophe. Yeah, it's like XIV. XIV. Yeah. XIV. Episode That's XIV. dangerous. This is why we're not doing the Roman numerals. <laughs> anyway, we um, we did our normal bullshit, mm-hmm. and then we had a very special break, which was interrupted by the uh, first time that any level of production has gone into this podcast, when you decided to add that ha 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 song yeah. from the Nintendo Switch trailer. Killed it. And I gotta it absolutely killed it. <laughs> it brought so much That's my head. favorite part of the episode. <laughs> you, just, you skip just to it every time. We even had discussions in the uh, the, the week uh, between episodes, between mm-hmm. then and now, that maybe we should just have the song playing in the background, mm-hmm. like, all the time. Just a little bit. Just threading it in people's subconsciousness. Right. Quietly. You know, as if it's like on a TV behind us, but slowly crank up the volume until like when we get to the topic, you can't even fucking hear us. That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. Or every time there was a yeah. joke, you just hear a subtle, ha ha, ha ha, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so last week we had our Nintendo Switch uh, presentation reaction cast. Mm-hmm. Our first ever. Which, I fucking hate you 2017, making me say these words yeah, right. <laughs> in a string. <laughs> so we reacted. Uh, we had a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. I think the general consensus between you and I was that we were underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Put off by a yeah. week in a mix-matched showcase of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, still kind of excited. I, I can speak for ourselves. I'm excited for what's on the horizon, despite there kind of being a soft Well, Horizon looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Gorilla Games? Yeah, Horizon's real time. Looks great. So, yeah, underwhelming performance, or underwhelming I'll edit this presentation. Out. It's fun. And I don't know. I think the promise of Zelda and games online, it's, it's got me going still. Uh, we we got mm-hmm. our pre-orders in that Friday. Right, which like, is, okay, so this is something I've been struggling with. Because, mm-hmm. like, I have a lot to say. A lot of it's in the negative, geared towards uh, Nintendo's decision-making. I do want to be clear up front that I think the hardware is compelling. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I'm not all about the motion controls, but neat that it's there and maybe maybe some of these games will utilize it in a way that isn't just waggling at a screen or essentially milking a cow or filling a glass or actually I want them to go to the point where you are um, pleasing a man to ejaculation and I want to feel the exact rumble the HD <laughs> rumble of ejaculation that's what I want but we're not going to get that but I think the hardware is compelling that's the whole point I think so too but the software is a soft lineup and Very their decision making and the feature set at launch is just like, what the fuck, Nintendo? Yeah, it's like they haven't been listening to the culture of gaming for the past 10 years. Like, but Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, oh, we'll get into it. We are going to get into it. We're going to unpack that later. Table of contents for this episode. We're going to talk about some news that isn't Switch. Mm-hmm. Although I broke that rule and I added one Switch news item in this. But fuck. Mm, mm, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pavlov's dog. Like every time you do it, like exactly. you like bust a little bit. Yeah, I bust a little bit. Um, and then our topic today is the Nintendo Switch breakdown, or what the the Fizame filibuster is what you're calling it. The Fizame filibuster, <laughs> or or the Nintendo Switch sitch. Okay, I, I did a little head bob. You, you can't see that. We don't film this yet. 
But when we do, there's going to be a lot of zippers punched, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and a lot of dancing on his end. Mm. So let's kick it off in normal format. Yeah, okay. Uh, what, what, what have you been up to? What, what did I you know. play this weekend? What did I play this weekend? That's a good goddamn question. Um, oh, this is important. Mm-hmm. This is really important. Tell me that. So I, I, I budged. After, um, you may have heard of him, Podcast Land. Obviously, if you listen to a podcast, you've heard of Greg Miller. If you haven't, uh, maybe you just listen to, what's that spooky podcast that people like for some reason? Welcome to Night Vale. That one. Mm-hmm. That one. That's cool. It's intriguing. Cool. People like story podcasts. We're, we're actually going to do a, a, a story podcast. It's mostly about us taking dumps. Mostly. The dump cast. The mm, Don't say it out loud. Uh, Someone's going to do it. Anyway. Um, we played Overcooked. Oh, did we play Overcooked? Holy shit. We played shit, the dude. shit out of Overcooked. So, I was of the mind where it, I thought it was kind of like a throwaway Steam title. Uh, right. I heard a lot of right. feverish talk about it on uh, PSLVXOXO. It landed on one of their game of the year lists, I think uh, Greg Miller put on his. But the, the way in which he spoke about it, the, the crazy scenarios he spoke of being in, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And But even then, I was like, I'm not going to get it. But you, every other mm-hmm. day or so, you're like, I kind of want to check out Overcooked. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, if you get it. I've been like, saying it since, like, December. I'm like, okay, yeah, for get sure. it. Like, I'll play it with you, whatever. Because for me, um, it does this interesting thing where it mm-hmm. tacks on the old ideas of couch co-op. There's no online play with it. You have to basically play it with people. The old ideas, as in uh, you don't need two separate consoles and two copies of the game. Yep. Or a subscription service, yes. You just need some buds or some assholes that you don't yeah. care for and you want to womp in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's great. It's actually... So, I, I don't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. We got Morgan playing it. Uh, my GF, mm-hmm. if you will. Not my GF, my GF. And we are a machine. Like, we were blowing through some of these chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, try to get that three-star. Like That's, that's what it's all about for us. That's, it is. If you can't run a three-star kitchen and overcooked, what are you doing? Bro, that's the entire meta <laughs> of this game. And finding the right flow, finding the, the task management. And then you find that, like, l- real life leaks into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Morgan especially and you as well have had some kitchen experience. Yeah, so the first day... You got it, what, I think Saturday night? And then Sunday sure. Sunday afternoon we were playing together. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, I was like, oh, you've never worked in a kitchen before. But like for me, like something, it felt like second nature because I've been doing it for yeah. years. I was like, okay, so we were playing things. We got into these <laughs> grooves. And then like I started doing stuff that like I hadn't, <laughs> I feel like I haven't done in a game in a while where I was like calling orders and stuff. And like, and, okay, Overwatch, we do comp. Like we'll call plays and shit yeah. like that. But this was a whole different thing because like, in order to have a well-oiled kitchen and overcook, like, you can't not communicate. You have to talk. You have to be fucking yelling orders left and right. Like, okay, cool. I got an onion soup up. I need three onions. Get to the board. <laughs> cool. Onions up. Like, we're just shouting out stuff like that. To like, the point, I got a dirty dish. We need this dish right, washed. To the point where this dude is dropping kitchen vernacular on mm-hmm. me, where he's like, meat's on. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> the <Meat>. entire time. <laughs> Stupid. But it was so fun. Uh, when we were doing the levels in the Arctic, when we were making yeah. uh, food for Eskimos. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was like, I gotta walk and fish. Because I had a fish the, in the pan. Some of this shit, like, yeah, at the beginning you're just like, okay, this is a cute little game. You know, it makes sense for, like, portable. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to play on Vita. Yeah. And then you get into these levels, like you are talking about, where it's like, alright, we had to make fish and chips. But, oh, hey, you're in the Arctic, and you're stuck on this fucking, uh, th- this floating ice barge. And you can slip and slide any second, and we did constantly oh, yeah. slipped into the water we with fucking, our fucking order that we just cooked with deep fryers. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. My one thing with the game is it is incredibly, incredibly not fun to play by yourself. 
Yeah, I don't know how you tortured yourself with that task. And, and the thing is, I'm, I'm not coming at you in the same way where people like tell you, oh, Borderlands sucks uh, with one player. Shut the fuck up. That game is immaculate with one player. In fact, mm. I prefer to do it because you assholes just want to go loot some bullshit that I've already seen ten times because I'm a fucking Vault Hunter rank. Get, get mm. away from the tax cat. Uh, no, like, I mean, in the sense that the gameplay just is not suited for one character. Cause, so it gives you it gives you control of two players, mm-hmm. okay? Or two weird characters, whether it be guy with glasses or girl with hair mm-hmm. or raccoon in a wheelchair. He's my favorite. I call him Meals on Wheels. We found out he's actually slower yeah. than other characters. Which kind of, that disappoints That's me because weird. I like him a lot. That's weird. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to say there, fucking overcooked? <laughs> what, 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 what's, what's your, uh... Some subtle hints there. I don't. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna peg you for it. Cat. I get. I it's give a cork board. I give him more credit. Get for away game, from it. A game about equality where they included this fucking disabled right. raccoon. Right. So, but yeah, no. Um. So you you yeah. play as one person. It splits the controller dynamic where you have to uh, split up the gameplay between the two characters on one controller. Correct. And it sucks. Yeah. And also, it's slower to chop things. Mm-hmm. So you're at the cutting board, and it forces you to where you have to switch to the other character and start prepping stuff while your dude's taking fucking, like, forever to chop. Whereas in multiplayer, it's almost pretty instant to chop something up, which is fun. Um, so, yeah, I, that game is just really not... I could, I could see if you jump on, spend the 20 bucks for the holiday pack bundle and all that mm-hmm. shit, and try to play by yourself, you're like, oh, what the fuck is anybody talking about? No, 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 That's not where the magic is. That's like, this game is like trying to play D&D by yourself. It's sad and not very fun. Okay, I more, more sad. I agree with that statement actually. That. So, but otherwise, I, I found the more people we add to it, the more right. fun it got. Because by mm-hmm. our last playthrough, we had four people. We had we four had, people. You, you it was mean ridiculous? Dave Hiller and it was Morgan. ridiculous because we got those orders out like we were the Terminator <laughs> of, of kitchens, of burgers, <laughs> flipping patties. It was the shit. Uh, th- yeah, this game took me by surprise. The basic plot is there's a what is it a meatball monster uh, at the end of yeah, the world. Yeah, so you start in the near near future and you're trying to um, <laughs> you're trying to appease this meatball god that that wants to constantly eat salads mm-hmm. apparently. And then like the Onion King shows up and he's and like his dog Kevin. He's like stop! I know yeah, his dog Kevin. Yep, there we go. <laughs> I'm your dog Kevin. Okay. Okay. And he sends you back in time to the past, ni- the year 1993. And it's your job to adventure around the world and discover your inner cook. Go to the greatest chef. kitchens. And, and making making some of the hardest dishes ever. Uh, fish and chips, uh, burgers and pizza. Onion soup. Sometimes. Tomato soup. Sometimes there's sausage on the pizza. Sometimes there's mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That is life. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to learn about it. I actually really enjoy that game. I do too. I really enjoy it. And I'm glad that we have a game that we can sit down and play together. Um... We've, we've been separate for too long. Mm-hmm. You were playing this fucking cat dog game. This, this Japanese pet owning simulator <laughs> of yours. And, and you were playing anything else. And it's like we were, there was a divide. We weren't playing Overwatch. We weren't communicating. It was sad. I was playing a lot of stupid shit. I was playing, I got, so I got Dead Rising 4 mm-hmm. because I'm account sharing with my boss. And he, he somehow got a code for it. And I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Capcom. I do. Uh, they make some weird choices. Actually, when I say weird, I mean bad. They make mm-hmm. bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> but Dead Rising Four has always been—it's always been just north of mediocre. That series, just north of it, like north enough where you're like, this is like Dead Rise, or I'm sorry, Dead Island's the same way. Mm-hmm. It's just north of mediocre. It's interesting. It's interesting enough, but when you compare it to like Dying Light or something else, it's like, oh, this falls apart. Yeah. Dead Rising has always been that game. And this is the one that they finally... It's like video game pulp. Like shit that you just put on when you got nothing else to do. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And 
I had nothing else to do, and I started streaming it. And I, I want to tell you, I ran into an awkward situation. So I'm enjoying the game. It's fine. It's really streamlined. They got rid of the shit that I hate, which is the timed missions and mm-hmm. escort missions. Like when you save survivors now, they literally just go like, thanks, chief, and they fucking run to, to the shelter. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. And then apparently fans of the older games were like, this is fucking trash. I'm like, you like that about this game? You and me share nothing in common, sir. <laughs> nothing in common, okay? But I ran into an awkward situation. I was actually streaming the game on the Red Herb on Twitch TV. You, got, you like that plug? He did it. I feel like he, you die a little bit every time I plug something. That's fine. I got like three more plugs. Anyway. That's fine. Um, Keep doing them. And... Keep them some I, I had like a few viewers actually like you know for me it's like seven mm-hmm. eight we're jumping in and out here and there and then one person messages me and I didn't know it I didn't I didn't recognize the name and I literally asked like is there someone in the chat like messaging me mm-hmm. and they answered yeah they're like join my party and I was like uh, do I know you he's like I'm watching you that's and really like, creepy well this is <laughs> just fantastic so far we're doing great with the Hitchcockian invite. <laughs> <laughs> the horror game within the horror game. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, maybe I know this dude or something. Or maybe I met him at a show. And he's just, like, watching my stream. And I was like, okay. I jump on. And it is the voice of a small boy. <laughs> and he has a very, he had a, a little uh, a lilt. Mm-hmm. Like a southern lilt to okay. his voice. And I, I thought he was just going to, like, fucking just go inflammatory. Like, in three seconds. Mm-hmm. Going, like, the way hey, motherfucker. Like, you know. The, no, no. He was just like, hey, man, really like your stream. I'm not going to do the sudden ass. I, I, I can't even do it. But he's like, I really like your stream. I'm like, uh, thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Shouldn't you be in school? Yeah. And he just starts asking other questions. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, I have, I have Dead Rising 3, but I haven't played this for some reason. <laughs> That's funny. You know, usually I would buy it, but I'm just watching it. I like watching it stream more. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> and in my head, I go into like the customer service mode. Mm-hmm. Like right away where I'm just like, I'm being nice. And then like, I kind of forget and like, like, I don't have to. Like, this is my personal space. Yeah, <laughs> he invaded this, it. This kid walked in on. But I opened myself, I opened this door, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I opened this door to this child. And I had, I, so I did what any responsible adult would do with a child, which is lie. I fucking lied to that little kid. Where I was just like, oh, the stream's not working because I'm in the party, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not. I, I just stopped. I, I was like, I can't hear my voice through the stream. It must be that. And he was like, uh, and then he went into fucking like tech mode. He was like, no, 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 no I've heard of this problem before. So what, you want to open up the menu, try to unsnap this. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. And then I ended up just shutting off the stream and just said, see, it's not working. <laughs> it's not working, man. Like, And then I finally, I was like, you know, just after some more awkwardness because he was just like, hey, put on the stream again, man. Put, put it on, man. <laughs> like, but he, with the full intention of just staying in a party with me <laughs> as I play this game. He's wanted something to do on a Friday night, man. He needed now, a friend. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all about the uh, the interaction uh, of Twitch. Mm-hmm. But use the tools that are given before you. Like, you have the chat box, man. Chat at me. I'll fucking read your message out loud and reply to you and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get one-on-one telecommunications with you. Like, get the fuck out of here. But he's a little kid, and I'm just like, ah. And he was like, and he said these words that broke my heart. He's like, you definitely got to follow for me, man. You oh, man. Follow. I was just like, fuck. fuck so I ended up lying and just saying like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, I, I, I got to reset my console. So what I did was I turned off the console, and then I switched over to the PS4. <laughs> and just started playing games there. Fuck. And avoided the Xbox for like five hours. Yeah. When I turned it on again, message. Didn't even look at it. It's probably still sitting there. It's still you probably sitting have there. an inbox of like 20 messages right now. There. 
I have he's, a I have a fan right now. He's never gonna go back to the Dead Rising Four because hopefully he never finds this podcast because he's oh, like, shit. oh well, fuck that guy, and then like he'll know how to hack me or some shit. <laughs> fuck yeah. So that was my weekend. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. But fuck that. How was your weekend, Daniel? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, full of games and work. Um, what are we talking about the week? It's fucking Thursday. Well, we got it. we didn't talk about our weekend because we recorded what last Thursday. So the weekend was un- it was unaccounted for. They don't care about us. I don't give a shit what they care about. This is for us. I don't care. For us, for them. I only care about the free t-shirts I'm going to give them at the end of the podcast. They're not giving them free t-shirts. No, we don't have the money for that. Dude, I have so many you noobs in the corner here. (laughs) Go frack yourself. Home Depot. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was playing some games. Uh, We did the Overcook thing. That was a lot of fun. Um, I remember. Like I said, it was very just high adrenaline couch co-op. Okay. And I like the way it built on built on itself, where it's like they give you these little mechanics where it's like, okay, you learn how to make onion soup on a very basic level. And it's like, okay, cool. Then they introduce a street. Then they introduce rats that steal your food. And then you forget about the soups because they teach you how to make pizzas. And then they kind of bring them back in interesting moments where it's <laughs> yeah. like, cool, you're making soups and pizzas in a haunted kitchen where the fucking counters just go up and rotate. That shit sucked. So it's been rad. We're one world away from the end, and we're going to 100% it at some point. Yeah, um, we are. Although, uh, Ghost Town Games, shout out for making a great game. Mm-hmm. Um you get a what? What's the opposite of a shout out? A call out? Uh, a drive by? Fuck you! <laughs> Ghost Town Games, you get a drive by? Fuck you for not including a platinum in your game. Oh shit! And from this day forth oh, until man. the end of goddamn time, if anyone says, "Well, we didn't qualify for a platinum," I want to direct your attention to a little old fucking game called My Name Is Mayo. Which got two Platinums. Two Platinums across the Vita and PS4 edition. Ridiculous. You're just tapping a jar of mayonnaise. I don't fucking get it. I'm going to make a fucking t-shirt that says that. <sighs> oh, your game doesn't have a plat? Just have a can of fucking mayo. Like, we're this a close to giving mayo, you sure. a save room handy, but you got to drive yeah. by fuck you instead. And that's just how we did <laughs> I'm it. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I want to give you that handy. I do. I might give you a half-hearted handy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, a hefty. Or teach you how to give yourself a stranger. Oh, my gosh. So yeah, we did a lot of that. That was cool. Um, I was playing Lost Guardian. I think I said I was doing my second run through where mm-hmm. I was going to get the platinum, and then I just gave up because mm-hmm. for some reason that game it, it was great the first time around, but the second time I just felt myself stuck in the sameness of it. I wanted a different like gameplay experience, and I told somebody like, "Yeah, it's it's visual art. It's beautiful. It's amazing through and through." For me, that is, but it feels like just staring at a painting for too long, where you just get lost in it. And you're like, "What's the real world?" It just feels weird and awkward. So I was like, "Okay, I don't want to do this anymore." And and I think I lost one of the trophies somewhere along the Are way. Are you straight, so like, disassociating while you play this game? Sometimes, yeah. I, okay. just, I couldn't tell what's real and what's not. So. Yeah. Um, All right. So I put that down because I was like, ah, I'll come back to this platinum at some other point. I feel like the playthroughs, they can't be fucking sequential. Like, I have to space them out because I need different gameplay experiences in between. Um, so then I picked up Shovel Knight, which is, like, oh. really the complete opposite. Great game. Great fucking game. Yacht Club. Uh, I slept on that for a little too long there. A complete opposite in what sense? Uh... Well made, came out in timely fashion. Oh man, <laughs> we, we tried it. Yeah, just different gameplay experience. Yeah, yeah. It's a throwback to like old school platformers, much in the vein of like Castlevania or Super Mario Bros. It feels a lot like uh, sometimes like Mickey Mouse's Castle of Illusion to me. It has a little Castlevania in it too. Yeah, so it's got a little. Did you already say Castlevania? I think so. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Sorry, but it's got all those elements in it, and it's great. I'm really, really enjoying it. I like the throwback music by Jake Kaufman. It's just a good like chip tune soundtrack. Who? Jake Kaufman. He just did the soundtrack with it. That's all I ever did? 
Uh, he might have done some other in stuff. Life. <laughs> in life. In life in general. He was born making Shovel Knight music. <laughs> <laughs> he was born a Shovel Boy and became a Shovel Knight <laughs> by proxy. But no, great game. It's a simple plot. Like, you're a Shovel Knight and your friend uh, Shield Knight gets taken away from you and you basically have to fight off, like, this fucking band of other knights and to get mm-hmm. to this tower and, like, uh, free them. So it's pretty great. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I think I might get the platinum for that one. Okay. Yeah. I haven't gotten too far. I think I sat down on three separate playthroughs and I maybe have done, like, three levels. Some I, of that shit's hard. I was too. working on like internal trophies with each one, where it's like one you beat a level with like destroying all the checkpoints. That's kind of difficult. Uh, you do one without getting hit, one without dying. So I was taking care of all that stuff, and then I think I got to the point where I was going to move on to the rest of the levels, and I just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll go back to it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's smooth. It's it requires a precision that um, I think the older games do in terms of like Mario and stuff like that, but it's a bit more forgiving, where it doesn't have to be as like pinpoint. Um, and I think the mechanics it does give in terms of like the shovel mechanic or the items you get. I think the different. shovel mechanic's like really gracious because you can do this oh, kind yeah. of like hop on top of yeah. enemies. That shit's like you couldn't do that. In, like, yeah, you, you saw have a whip in Castlevania. Like, yeah, that's not gonna hop. In you came in on me at one point. I was doing like this crazy speed run thing, and I like come to this dragon. I fucking jump on its bubble and I'm just jumping on its back and just using yeah. it so like much because they give it to you in a way where it's like you know you can abuse this. Yeah, yeah, and it's, really it's great. cheat half the level with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I can't wait to finish it. So it's one of those games where. I enjoyed what I played of it. I, I took your copy for like 10 minutes and then you took it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I really want to play it on a handheld. Like, that's the vibe that I'm getting from that game. Especially since, like, you know... I think a lot of people played on the Vita first, right? Yes. Um, or PC, to be honest with you. Or Steam, yeah. Uh, but it's coming out for Switch. We know that. That was confirmed last week. And I wouldn't mind grabbing it for the Switch. I really wouldn't. Like, to have it on the go, I think I might pummel through that. But then you run into the problem where it's like, if they're... If there's no trophy system, there's not going to be a whole lot of reason for me to want to fucking mm-hmm. go through that game like that. Other than to just give yourself reasons to play your Switch. Yeah. So. Yeah, which, again, we're hinting, we're foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> we're foreshadowers. Daniel? What's up, my guy? Is it time to get into the shit? Because I have a lot of shit on this fucking Google Doc over here. I got some shit, you got some shit. I got some sh- Okay. So hit me with got some shit. I'll hit you with mine, we'll do the fucking Kagam. Okay. I want to give one shout-out, actually. We're going to try this. We're going to make this a new install feature. And I want you to participate in this, mm-hmm. Daniel. I want you to come out there swinging. Okay? You're a handsome guy. Thanks. You're a handsome guy. I haven't been told that today. You haven't been told that? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Article shout-out of the week goes to Kotaku's Patricia Hernandez... Because she wrote about a growing phenomenon within the Overwatch community in which players are being reported for playing Widowmaker. The article in question is called The Woes of an Overwatch Player Who Keeps Getting Reported for Playing Widowmaker. <laughs> and I love this Point article. It. I love That's it. Great. I love Kotaku gets into these kind of like community-based articles rather than just like, let's talk about why Mega Man Legends 3 was canceled, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then like it's just a bunch of fucking... There's no concrete, <laughs> like, information. It's just, like, a fluff piece. These guys get down and fucking interview people and ask some questions left and right about what's going on. Um, That's really right. And this article... So what's happening is that apparently in the pro scene, Widowmaker is not considered a, a quote-unquote winning character. Mm. And a lot of pro teams don't use her. In fact, they avoid some snipers, like uh, Hanzo and Widowmaker. And so people have gotten into their head that... Apparently, just jumping in the quick play and competitive makes them pro in some capacity, and they want to be like the pros. Of course, they want to so, be like Siegel and all those other people. So they immediately go for the abuse button. Like they don't care. Like they go for the first reporting option and say abuse. And if you get enough of that, you get banned for a while. You know, so they you get banned from competitive play and all that shit. 
And so this is happening to this player constantly because they're good at Widowmaker, mm-hmm. you know. Or, or well, actually, they said like their score is kind of average, but they're still up in the diamond rank. Okay. Um, That's a word on a diamond. Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, but they're playing on PC as well, um, which I would say is probably a more uh, a harder playing field Even so, yeah. to break into for sure. So and they're holding their own. Uh, diamond rank Widowmaker, fucking great. But every time they jump to the room. They hear everybody else in the lobby give them shit, fucking give them call-outs, and then report them. And it's like, they just want to play the game. Like, as intended. These characters aren't in the game because they don't work. That's true. <laughs> you know, obviously. Like, what the shit? And it's like, okay, I can, under- I can maybe, maybe understand that people get a little too fevered in competitive mode about this. But in the article, they mentioned that even in quick play, people were reporting. Yeah, it's a little much. What the shit? That's upsetting. But it's a great article. That's a shout-out for you. Check it out. I'm going to move on to my news articles over here. These are non-Switch-specific, except for two of them. Well, I really fucked up on that one. What a Switch. Oh, sorry. I didn't. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Number one. The number three must not be said. At least not around the Valve offices, anyway. The incomparable steampunk himself, Valve's co-founder and current chieftain, Gabe Newell, took to the pages of Reddit and participated in an AMA. That's an Ask Me Anything, Daniel. Hmm. Okay. I'd wondered what that stood for. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Amma. Of the knowledge gleaned, of which we are not worthy, Gabe answered questions regarding such subjects as Half-Life and things that are not Half-Life. For starters, he thinks Portal 2 is their best single-player game, while Dota 2 is the multiplayer game of theirs he plays the most. Hmm. When asked if there was more coming down the pipeline for the Half-Life slash Portal shared universe, Newell Newell, gave a resounding... Yep. (laughs) Sure. Not even fucking kidding. Got it. He had much more to say when questioned about J.J. Abrams' involvement in bringing those stories to the silver screen, replying, quote, Yep, they're coming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what an enthusiastic guy. <laughs> Gabe Newell, he's not clip. Let's get him on the show. Gabe also had a comment about the anonymous source who said during their tenure at Valve that Half-Life 3 was as good as cancelled. This is specifically the GameInformer.com article we mentioned last week written by Mr. Andrew Reiner. Hmm. Gabe wrote, quote, I personally believe all unidentified anonymous sources on the internet. He said it just like that, too. He wrote it, but it sounded like that. It's very condescending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that article in specific that, that, uh, that we talked about last week mm-hmm. had said that it's better just not to say anything about the number three or fucking, and like, Gabe, there he is, <laughs> fucking corroborating that while at the same time going like, oh, that's probably bullshit. And it's just like, no, nah, man, that sounds pretty much on the level. Yeah. But anything had changed, because I remember that employee said that they stopped working around 2014, and honestly... That game could start up again at any point, if 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 need be. Just like the the atmosphere uh, Valve is weird. Like I think I we compared it to a like a Google or like a tech company. Mm-hmm. More That's so, what you said, yeah. More so than a game dev. So they're working on di- prototyping different shit. So they tried to start Half Life Three up in different capacities, uh, reportedly, reportedly, purportedly, purportedly. Um, but yeah, I can understand that it just doesn't get off the ground. In fact, Gabe went on to say that Half Life is one of like his bigger regrets. And he, like, he had to, he, Like, um, leaving the project? No, 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 no. just making it. Not Half-Life 3. I mean to say Half-Life 1 
is one of his biggest regrets because he uh, had direct involvement on it. Mm-hmm. And so he says, like, when he looks at the game, he only recalls, like, all the problems have. Or he says, when you're making a game, it's, it's a, more of a game about sacrifice. So you think about all the things that don't make it in the game as much as what did. Hmm. So as a customer, all we saw is the final the product. product yeah. For him, he's like, he sees the potential of what it could have been. And they, he, I guess he felt they didn't reach that. That's an interesting perspective. It is interesting, but at the same time, it comes off as so just wrong. And I feel like it sucks that a lot of these people, especially some of the greater minds in the gaming industry, don't know how to communicate their thoughts and feelings about the process. And so we get these horrible bylines that Kotaku and Polygon pick up where it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, Gabe Newell regrets Half-Life hates fans. <laughs> like, that's how it comes out. It's Well, not a proportion for sure. Right. I know you say you don't have much of a... Much skin in the game when it comes to Half Life. You don't give a shit. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know it's got a huge following, and that's yeah. all I can really say about it. it it's and a, I think it, mm-hmm. you said it informed a lot of games like Bioshock Absolutely. and games that came after it. Absolutely. It's, I think it's a it's an historic game. I will admit, when I played Half Life 2, which was on the orange box for the 360, I remember that. Uh, even then, it was only like maybe a couple years out from its initial release, it still showed some age. So I can imagine trying to pick up Half Life 2 like today? Oh, it's yeah. gonna hurt. Probably gonna be rough. For sure. For sure rough. So I can't even recommend, like, oh, go back and play it, Daniel. You're enjoying it a lot. Like, I don't know. Then again, you're loving Last Gardens. Huh? <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was going to make that point. <laughs> Number two, Mr. Daniel. Xbox top brass Phil Spencer announced next week's Resident Evil 7 is a part of the Xbox, oh, sorry, Xbox Play Anywhere program, where purchasing the survival horror game on Microsoft's console lets you play it on the Windows Store for free. Hmm. Mm. Does this mitigate the pain in my heart from not being able to play Resident Evil 7 until I get back from Paxel a whole week after it releases? His life a cruel joke where the punchline is always my suffering. Is it enough to make a man break? Is it, Daniel? I got really intense real fast. Holy shit, dude. I don't know. Sorry, there was really less about the news, wasn't it? <laughs> and more of your personal turmoil. I don't know what was going on when I when I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went over to your laptop and I read you like this is what I got for news, and I'm like, that's that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> Reads like one of my dead journal posts from fucking 2012. That's the news. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't share Google Documents. Probably not. I am a little salted, as mm-hmm. the kids say. I think. About that prospect, but whatever. Because I won't get a chance to play it, Pax. At all. Setting up a booth and selling you noob shirts and fucking getting drunk at industry parties. It's oh, tough. It sounds like a fucking toil, man. It's it sounds like the worst. tough, my dude. You don't have time to come back to your hotel at four in the morning to play Resident Evil. It just doesn't happen. I want to. Yeah. I want I want to. I think this might be one of the few instances where like I get a game that you're really into and I might like pull ahead of you. You're going to pull ahead of me, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, you better pull out. This is a challenge right here, because he's going to come back and Final Fantasy 15 me all over again. <laughs> you best pull out and spray my belly. Number three. Bad news, Vault Hunters. Don't expect to see Borderlands 3 on Nintendo's new hybrid system. Sorry, buddy. When Gearbox president Randy on perpetually wearing a Hawaiian shirt Pitchford <laughs> was asked on Twitter if the lootin' shootin' sequel would come to the Switch, he responded, quote, I do not see that as happening. We were talking to Nintendo, but that stopped for some reason. They have other priorities. Last year, Gearbox promised that development on Borderlands 3 would initiate after Battleborn's release. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just said Battleborn and you're laughing. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Anyway, uh. no specific platforms have been announced for the sequel. It is indeed a ways out still, but it's probably safe to bet. It's probably a safe bet to cross the Switch off that list. 
I didn't expect that to come out. I don't expect any next-gen game to come out on the Switch. No. Like, unless it's, like, a little digital game or something. Like, I I totally do not expect to see Injustice 2 Mm-mm. or fucking... Uh, we'll get Injustice 1. Exactly. Like an extra content. Yeah, we'll get Super Deluxe Edition, okay? Like, uh, okay. We'll get Mortal Kombat 9. We're going to unpack it. We're going to get into it. We are. But look at it. Even the third party is being very cautious. Like, Capcom, they're not trying to put Street Fighter 5 on there. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to put Marvel vs. Capcom on the Switch. Street Fighter 2 Ultra HD. Exactly. What? Ubisoft, they're not putting on an Assassin's Creed or anything crazy. I, I do want to illustrate. I'm a big Capcom fan. I said it like twice already during this podcast. But, um... Super Street Fighter 2 Ultra fucking Final Challengers Edition mm-hmm. is not something to get excited about on new hardware in 2017. No. Especially when you should be able to get it for free on the Virtual Console. Let's not talk about it. But later points. Number four. Mm-hmm. The DC-flavored superhero slobber knocker Injustice 2 is coming out May 16th of this year. If you can't wait to strangle the Flash with Wonder Woman's lasso... <laughs> Nether Realms has announced an online beta. <laughs> well, that fell apart quick. Just the things you choose to write, like at an angle, it's like, like in the last one, I had to wonder how many times in your writing career you said "loot and shootin'." <laughs> it's true. I love loot and shoot. Anyway, whoa! Nether Realms has announced an online beta test headed the PS4 and Xbox One. Head to beta.injustice.com and you can register to enter the beta. Hmm. Fancy that. Currently, there's no date for when it kicks off, nor how many applicants will actually get into it. But that's no surprise, given this industry's unending war against details. <laughs> it's just a fact. Okay. You sign up for this? Yes! Cool. Yes, actually. I think NetherRealm is on top of their fucking game. Yeah, they have been. You know? Um, I know the FGC gets more excited about Japanese fighting games, but we have an American treasure on our hands. And I can't even say Mortal Kombat's been good its entire, like, 20-year history. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. If you go back and play 1, 2, 3, they suck as fighting games. Yeah, they're dated. I'll fucking say it. Not even dated. They just suck as fighting games. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. Like, dude, Street Fighter 2, even though I just trashed it three seconds ago, is a fucking great fighting game, okay? It plays really well. It's sure. like playing jazz. And then you got this fucking what acid What the fuck funk. do you know about playing jazz? You know shit about playing jazz. <laughs> Shut your goddamn my mouth about <laughs> jazz. Everything's jazz to me. You understand? <laughs> You don't know a thing. <laughs> I mean to say you improvise in that game, whereas you don't have license to improvise in a game like Mortal Kombat, which is very rigid. However, it's they a classical music exactly. versus jazz. Gotcha. Okay. I've never listened to classical music, so I, I can't really. Oh boy, it's so hard to work with. <laughs> keep going. Just keep. It I can't really <laughs> comment on uh, on that. Yes, I'm excited for Injustice too. I think it looks awesome. In fact, the way that they're one of the things that I feel like. Uh, other fighting games need to take a cue from is that so you get gear after every fight so mm-hmm. think of it like it's like destiny you know like you do a match and oh here I got like new shit for my character that's gonna happen every fucking match that's cool and injustice it ups your replay value and you customize your character sure. and some of these uh, pieces of gear actually change the gameplay like fuck that's a great idea and that's a good replay loop yeah, yeah. come on what's going on rest of the world <laughs> number five Daniel it's just a, a slide aside, actually. These yeah, aren't even really news at this point. Uh, Shovel Knight is going to be playable on the Nintendo Switch during PAX South. Mm-hmm. This is pertinent because I'll be there. I'll be at PAX South. Unfortunately, there probably won't be an episode next week because I'll be fucking gone. Okay. So I'm sorry. So you're going to have to saturate yourselves on this this one that's already running well, long. Well, that's sad. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. And <laughs> that's why we had the opportunity to make this one longer. I don't think that's ever the intention. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Shovel Knight... 
I, I get to play that. I said I want to play the handheld. Mm-hmm. And I get to finally touch the Switch. I'm going to take pictures and maybe do like a little video if I can break away from the booth. Okay. Um, and then I'll post it on... By the way, kids, you can follow the Save Room now. Not just in SoundCloud. We have a Twitter account. Oh, yeah, we do. We Thanks are... Exactly. We're part of the social media revolution, mm-hmm. which has been happening for like six years straight. Um, so you can follow us at Save Room Show. Okay? On Twitter. Uh, but yeah, we'll... We just put rye asides on there we tweet out our uh episode progress and sometimes videos of us dancing so you can check that out mostly videos of us dancing and then the last thing i wanted to mention for you you beautiful man Mm. uh actually there's two last things i want to mention for you you beautiful man Mm -hmm. one the division is being made into a movie we knew that however it just got a director today forgot his fucking name but he did direct syriana and traffic what the yeah, Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, so I imagine they'll be dark and gritty in ways. <laughs> right, and so the movie's starring uh, both Jake Galanahal and Jessica Chastain. Oh. Yeah, Jesus. So this is the second Ubisoft motion picture that Jake Galanahal is starring in, the first being Prince of Persia. Hmm. Because Prince of Persia is a Ubisoft property. I forgot about Remember that. that? Yeah. In fact, that's why we got Assassin's Creed. They were prototyping a new Prince game, and it became Assassin's Creed. Hmm. Yeah. That could be a lie, but it sounds right. It sounds pretty right, actually. It sounds right. I could believe you if you say it like that. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, so, there you go. That's happening. Hmm. I uh, I don't know how confident they're feeling after the performance of Assassin's Creed the film. I've heard, like, really mixed reviews about it. I've heard bad things, mm-hmm. for sure. It sounds just like a really dry movie. It sounds like a sci-fi channel movie with a budget. A big budget. A big budget. One of my friends thought she's super into Assassin's Creed, and um, I was worried about the animus versus uh, real-life dynamic to it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I thought what they did with it was really well. Like, they didn't spend too much time in the animus, and, like, it worked for it somehow. And I was like, but that's my favorite part of the games, being in the animus, being in the historical context. She's like, no, but what they did with the world outside of it was just great. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll take your word for it. I'm not jumping to see it tomorrow, but, you know, maybe I will, and I'll see what you have to say. We still haven't seen Warcraft, and I still have people saying that Warcraft was good. And I, listen. I think every time we go to Walmart together, which is probably once every, like, six months, we're like, hey, you want to pick up Warcraft? It's only been out for, like, six months. But The one instance that you're talking about, you're like, eh, it's once every six months we talk about Warcraft. <laughs> I want to see it. I do. I wish it was on Netflix. Uh, Just I've had, box it. I've had, I know. That's what I've been trying to do. But also, it's a time investment. That's two hours, man. That I could be, you like. You put, like, what? An hour and a half? Two hours in a. Okay, watching Halloween and writing a review about Halloween. But I wrote a review for it. I guess you got something out of it, huh? No. Uh-huh. Actually, I didn't get a lot out of Halloween. That one hurt. <laughs> that one took a little bit of my soul. If you ever come across a movie Halloween and you're slightly interested in it, stop. Just don't. Look the other way. Don't. Cash that bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention that the NPD came out with some sales numbers for uh, sales numbers for both December and. 2016 in general. Don't you be a numbers guy? And this is rather interesting, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rattle these off at you. So the NPD uh, top 10 games for December, and by the way, we found out as of July of last year, they started counting digital sales. Cool. Um, I don't know. Again, it may not be exactly precise, and especially it doesn't necessarily give us a greater picture of people's spending habits, mm-hmm. but it's good to have like a broad sense of what's selling. So, number one for December was Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, uh, which, again, not a big, huge fucking surprise. surprise for me. That's the same every fucking year, and everyone's like, this is the year of Battlefield. No, it ain't. Nope. I can't name a single year it's been for Battlefield. I'm sorry. You make a great game, but uh, you ain't got that name. You're not playing jazz is what I'm trying to say, Daniel. Number two, and I am proud of this, 
Final Fantasy 15 took the number two slot. That's impressive. And uh, apparently was PS4's best-selling game. Shit. Shit. Um, number three is Battlefield 1. Okay, close third. Number four is Madden NFL 17. EA taking two slots there. Number five is NBA 2K17. Uh, number six would be Watch Dogs 2, your boy. Mm-hmm. Although I heard it was selling soft, but I'm glad that it actually ranked. Uh, yeah, num- for a game that has only been out since, what, October, November? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Impressive. Number seven is Grand Theft Auto V, which, what the fuck? Is this game ever going to sink? It didn't come out in, like, 2013. How are people still buying? Are you just buying extra copies? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What, what are you doing out there? Holy shit. I figured people weren't buying any. They're just looting for copies, but no. And it's like, are, and here's the other question. Are people just discovering what Grand Theft Auto is? <laughs> I don't get it. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> don't let me get into it. Don't let me get it, dude, nope. okay? Pull you back. <laughs> number, oh, number seven. Uh, am I getting this right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, number eight is Pokemon Sun. And then, actually, it says neither Pokemon title includes digital sales, so keep that in mind. Okay. So this is just physical Pokemon Sun. Number nine is FIFA 17, and number 10 is Pokemon Moon. So apparently the sun is preferred to the moon. Praise the sun. Day man. Final of the night, man. That's cool. NPD top ten games for twenty sixteen in total. Can you guess number one? Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Weird, you got it hmm. one. Uh, number two, however, is Battlefield One. Strong showing there. And then here's an intriguing one. Number three is the division, which is a game that I feel like a lot of people in our circles forgot about pretty promptly, but doesn't change the fact that you all fucking bought it. That was a good ass game. Number four, NBA 2K17. Number five, Madden, NFL 17. Number six, Grand Theft Auto 5. Fucking assholes. Uh, number <laughs> it's fine. I respect GTA. I actually got a friend that works at Rockstar. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Overwatch. Not including sales from Battle.net.net. Dot, dot <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Overwatch, number seven. Number eight is Call of Duty Black Ops 3. What the shit? That's confusing. Uh, number nine is FIFA 17. And then number 10 is Final Fantasy 15, which is a fucking strong showing mm-hmm. for a game that only had a basically a month on market and is uh, a JRPG. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We talked about it last month. Is the leading name in JRPGs. So Absolutely. It's not that big of a Exactly. Surprise. Right. Uh, the same way that people may consider... If Dragon Quest fucking got on the list, then I'd be surprised. Okay, I would be very but, surprised like, in this case. Fucking Senran Kagura yeah. <laughs> ranked on that no. shit. Or, but in the same way that like you look at horror games and it's like, oh, well, horror is fringe. Everyone knows what Resident Evil is. That's true. So. I'm interested to see what sort of numbers Resident Evil is going to do when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful for it. I am hopeful for it. It, it looks like a, a good end that I won't get to play for a week. Just rubbing him in salt right now. What do you got for me? Number one's actually about Resident Evil. Well, suck a dick and call me mom. <laughs> I'd rather not, actually. I have very particular needs. You get weird sometimes. I'm sorry. Number one on the Ezo list here. Prepare for the evil to be fully realized as the content for RE7 Season Pass has been leaked. Hmm. Excited? Is that your asshole puckering? Actually, I, <laughs> I've been conditioned. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I didn't do the... <laughs> that was my asshole fuckering. That's a more confusing noise. Um, I've been conditioned to um, basically go blank in my mind and soul when I hear the word season pass. Okay. I feel that. 
Go ahead. Okay. If you're anticipating biting your nails and fighting your way through the Baker family plantation like the rest of us and are curious what new terrors Capcom has in store for us next, then look no further. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard drops this Tuesday, January 24th, but it looks like the season pass info is already leaked on Steam. Compliments of dual shockers, we got to run down what the pass will include in minute detail. Pass initially following Ethan Winters to the Baker family house in search of his wife, Mia. The RE7 season pass will give you full white-knuckling access to an additional Untitled Story episode as well as two volumes of found banned footage. The first volume will include the episodes Nightmare, Bedroom, and Ethan Must Die. <gasps> volume 2 will include the episodes 21, Daughters, and Jack's 25th Birthday. No price has been listed on the page for the season pass, but since the deluxe edition of the game costs 90 it is safe to bet that the season pass will run you from $30 to $40. Capcom has stated once that once purchased, the season pass cannot be canceled. All content has been said to be made available by December 31st, 2017. Mm-hmm. Cool. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about stuff like that. And I love Resident Evil, and I'm just like, whatever. You're, you're, you're piecemealing it. Okay. Yeah. It just feels like content that could have been in the game already. Like, it was ready and it's going to be... I mean, there's potential for it, especially with how um, basically, like, files in the game have been totally replaced mm-hmm. uh, by videotapes that you actually live through and interact with. In fact, that's... We see that in the demo. In the demo, yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential in that, especially you can go back into the, the past of the Baker estate and what's going on mm-hmm. there. And I think there's potential to give us different scenarios using your new gameplay style, you know? Not not to say that, like, the obvious fucking cash-in would be like, all right, here's a Raccoon City chapter. Like, you don't need to do that for me. You don't. Mm. You know, we got a remake of 2 coming down the line. But just give me some interesting shit, you know, maybe that's outside of the parameters of the game. Although, we may get a very interesting ride, because what I'm hearing is that the game is around, uh, reportedly, 12 to 14 hours. Hmm. Goddamn. It reminds me of Alien Isolation, just being a long drawn out affair hopefully it's not long for the sake of being long and there's actually right. shit to do along the way right I'm, so. I'm hoping that they follow like the older series conventions mm-hmm. of basically like you know alright here is the uh, surfacey mansion level and then you start getting into the nethers it's like a seedy down. underbelly happening exactly like beneath the, lab- the plantation laboratory <laughs> maybe go to a city element who knows that'd be cool yeah be cool what else you got I'm excited for that uh, number two on here you. Ubisoft buying the rights for Guitar Hero Live okay in a gracious and hopefully show-stopping <laughs> display, inside. Ubisoft has stepped in and acquired the rights to freestyle games. The studio previously toted by Activision gave us the after-party hit DJ Hero and the awkward Guitar Hero Live, which is poorly received due to its new guitar mechanics. Adopted under the new name Ubisoft Lemmington, the studio will work closely with Ubisoft Reflections and other own international studios to develop AAA games. Managing Director Richard Blankenship stepped up to the mic to say, We're thrilled to have their expertise within the group, and the team at Reflections are looking forward to creating great things together. Together, end quote. The terms of their negotiations have yet to be disclosed, though. As Ubisoft music, music Division currently owns the rights to the Just Dance and Just Sing games, it is safe to assume that they'll go on to scratch our music simulator itch and create a new Guitar Hero iteration or something in a similar vein. Um, what if we got, like, an open-world music game? One, amazing. <laughs> that'd be crazy. Like, I'd be about that. But I, I would want it to be more, like, Brutal Legend. Oh, that'd be so cool. You know? Just, like, really zany and fucking... Just an homage mm-hmm. to music in general. Uh, two, these uh, Ubisoft owns the rights to Rocksmith. They do. So potentially they could have these guys jump on the Rocksmith and try to make that a thing again. Because mm-hmm. it's it's a very niche crowd for the game, for sure. Maybe they're trying to figure out a way to like make it a little more, a little more mainstream in some way. Maybe. Um, I told you, interestingly enough, I went to uh, Ubisoft San Francisco, mm-hmm. and the building that they're in right now is the old Rolling Stone building. Rolling Stone magazine, and so a lot of the rooms are already soundproofed, and so they have all this kind of like 
music legacy hmm. like in the same rooms that like you know people were interviewed or even played like little jam sessions or OD'd. yeah or i actually made that joke <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can smell the coke in the air <laughs> that's pretty cool uh they made uh dj hero back in the day right yeah they did which yeah, name drop up. people swear are fucking great it was cool it was really cool, actually. Really? I didn't expect People to like it. really enjoy that. Yeah, game, something about huh? the mix board on it was really dope. I just couldn't the get faders. into it. It just it was too slippery for me. I don't know. So no, I hope this is. Um, I hope they do a call back to what made the games the games great initially. Mm. Them walking away from Activision is kind of weird, but the games kind of got away from themselves after a while. Um, uh, I would like to see yeah. them. I know like Red Octane is like defunct now, but like I would like to see them stick around and like you know do something with that. But you can't speak for a studio that closed like what like seven years ago at this point. At this point, yeah. So, I don't know, we'll see. I don't have much stock in Guitar Hero anymore. I think I played Guitar Hero live at, like, Best Buy, and it was, like, one of the most awkward experiences I I really didn't like it. I didn't like the new uh, notation system. The way they stacked the chords and tried to make it feel more Mm -hmm. like a real guitar game, but it felt less like a guitar game somehow. I don't know. I I think the mainstream appeal for Guitar Hero wasn't the fact that it felt like playing a guitar. No, that was just fun. It was just fun? And now the essence of, like, great guitar music. It's not a simulator. Like, it's an arcade-y, this is what it feels like to be a rock star and I don't have to worry about being an actual uh, instrumentalist. What's the word? Music, musician. Music, musician. <laughs> I mean, instrumentalist is a term, too. So, you know, it's the... Whew, sorry, it's been a while since my jazz days. <laughs> Number three. Square Enix comes forward with the latest on Kingdom Hearts 3 and the FF7 remake that everybody's been salivating over. Mm. Everyone's favorite cock tease, Square Enix, came forward last week with a word on the latest about the highly anticipated Kingdom Hearts 3, as well as the Final Fantasy VII Remake. But wait on sharpening your keyblades and great swords and be prepared to be warp striked and staggered where you stand, because the news is somewhat typical for Square these days. A hell of a sentence. In an interview with a weekly Famitsu, project director Tetsuya Nomura hinted that we'd be waiting a bit longer for these two titles, with the promise that one of them may be showcased later this year. Quote, we're steadily progressing on production. While we are making them, I apologize that the wait will be a bit longer for Kingdom Hearts 3 and the Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I'm very sorry, but to that degree, I'll make a game that will meet your expectations. The release of the titles themselves still have a way to go. This year marks 15 years for the Kingdom Hearts franchise and 11 since they hinted at Kingdom Hearts 3 and an impending Keyblade War at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is said to come to a head in this next entry. In that time, Disney has acquired the rights to the Pixar and the Marvel and Star Wars universes respectively, and this has no doubt given Nomura and his team a lot to think on. Speculations have led us to believe that there there will be a number of inclusions of new worlds inspired by these acquisitions. On the topic of worlds, Nomura said... Quote, while I can't make a sweeping statement because the development process is different from what we've done so far, there are still worlds untouched. Production is progressing on unannounced worlds in a state that we cannot show them off. In terms of the state of development, there is still some way to go. End quote. While we're likely to be waiting another 10 years from Kingdom Hearts 3, you can get your Keyblade fixed next week as the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 remix, a remastering of Dream Drop Distance, and the lost episode of Fragmentary Passage comes to shelves January 24th. Um, I'm going to cap this one off real quick. The quick save room PSA. Go ahead. Because uh, you you started this, what, two episodes ago? And we want it to be a fucking thing. Uh, it, it is a fucking thing. This week's save room PSA, I guess it's one of two right now. Uh, stop letting Square Enix get away with shit. I'm going to say that right now. Okay. No more piecemealing necessary story content in lieu of DLC or supplemental materials that save a story. No more 10-year delays. No more releasing important games for a 15-year franchise across three consoles and three handhelds and money grabbing with remasters. I'm sick of it, man. I'm mm-hmm. sick of that shit. I think they, I seriously do think that they should step away from development and go more into publishing because their publishing arm this day is a lot more impressive than the games that they're actually developing. It's true, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Life is Strange, I Am Setsuna. Like these games are getting a lot more buzz than anything else that they're doing. Duke Nukem, so. uh, Bomberman, uh, 
Oh, these aren't. These and Near uh, uh, Automata. That's a Square Enix published game. Is it? Yep. That's a smart one to publish. So yeah, I'm I'm frustrated with all this stuff, and I'm tired of them just kind of dicking us around. Like, okay, thinking that they can milk us. Like, it's been ten years. Okay, since then they've released uh, three remasters uh, for games mm-hmm. that we couldn't even play on the single consoles that they originally released on. So uh, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm, I'm I'm not buying it anymore. And then with the shit they're doing with Final Fantasy 15, nah. Yeah, I'm really not excited about the mm-hmm. DLC packs coming out for it. Because uh, it really just seems like it was so obvious in the campaign when you're playing, where it's like, well, this entire section is ripped out for DLC. Mm-hmm. A character fucking disappeared and came back with like a revelation. With a crazy backstory. It's like, okay, there's or two hours right there. One character literally fucking disappears, comes back with a scar, and you're like, uh, what's that about? You should see the other guy. Like, shut the, what, the, what the fuck you? I think it's just lazy. It's not acceptable. And it's just a way for them to crash, cash grab with us. Like, just stop. Although I will say there's a huge disconnect between uh, Square Enix's Western and Eastern fronts. Okay. Especially, um, uh, I don't want to pinpoint anything, but it, uh, from what I've heard from some friends, that it, it is best. it's definitely a left-brain, right-brain situation. Hmm. Where we see that in the West there's some savvy moves going on there. I think it's great to support Tomb Raider. Yeah. I think Hitman is a fucking uh, knockout of the park for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is uh, Deus Ex in some way. But um, overall, it just seems like Japan in general is struggling to find their footing in the last few years. And I'm kind of curious as to why that's happening, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I've got no answers for you. I don't either. If it's not about jazz, I don't know. <laughs> it's more about a Japanese classical music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess before we head into the topic here, we got some releases. Uh, mm. So what is today? It's January nineteenth. So what yep. time this will be up? Half these games will be out. Whatever. They're uh, all for you. Cool. Tuesday, January seventeenth. Uh, we had uh, twenty sixty four read only memories for the PS four. Twenty bucks. I think uh, Jim Sterling did voice work in this game. He did do voice yeah. work in this game. It's pretty cool. Uh, I like the write-up for it. Uh, in the cyberpunk point-and-click adventure, team up with Turig, the world's first sapient machine, as you become embroiled in the darkest scandal of twenty sixty four. <laughs> oh, I will. Right. Uh, we have. Don't mind if I do. Altier Shelley Plus Alchemist of the Dust Sea for Vita. Well, I think which originally came out for the PS3 in like. Can you say a title? What is it? <laughs> Atelier Shelley Plus. Atelier. I don't know how to say that, but it's like a JRPG. Oh, I think it's Atelier. Atelier. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Yeah, yeah so, uh, series anyway. That's cool. Uh, we got Dead Effect Two coming out for the PS4 for ten bucks. Do you have uh, a special mention about that? I do, I do. Uh, <laughs> this is an indie game, mind you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But their studio, Badfly Interactive, is actually coming at people who are negatively reviewing their games and like mm-hmm. harassing them and like denying them like download codes for their game. Well, they actually <laughs> sent out an email warning that uh, since bad reviews impact their business so much mm-hmm. that... As an indie developer. That right. Is. They will refuse to send out review codes in the future. That's crazy. <laughs> Like, okay, so uh, as somebody put it on Twitter, I'm sorry that I can't quote it um, exactly, but they said, uh, do they realize that they are in no position to make this this threat? Yeah, who are they? <laughs> or they they don't deserve to be in that position? <laughs> and case in point, um, what the fuck is Dead Effect? Why? This is the first time I've ever fucking heard of it in my life. Dead Effect, yeah. I play a lot of games, yeah. my dude. Well, it's a sci-fi space shooter. That's all you need to know. Like, that's not up my alley? Dead Effect? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it speaks to you on multiple Get the things. fuck out of here with your Dead Effect, too. It's, and apparently, from what I hear, actually from Jim Sterling, he said it's upsetting that they like made this move mm. because they actually put out semi-decent games. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything else about it. But hey, we're talking about them. Maybe this is what they wanted. 
That's true. They got us buzzing. Uh, we got Fate Extella, the Umbral Star for PS4 Vita, fifty bucks. Cool. Mm. Uh, the Flame and the Flood Complete Edition, fourteen ninety nine. Rival game, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle for the Xbox One, fourteen ninety nine. Day one. Day one. Uh, this is a write up from Gamespot. <laughs> Saban, is it Saban or Saban? I think it's Saban. Saban's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Mega Battle provides a creative and modern reimagining of the classic multiplayer beat 'em up game. Level up your Rangers, team up with friends, summon the Megazord, and fight your way through levels styled after classic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episodes. It's cool. So you have to beat 'em up. You have you have my dick at half mast. Mm-hmm. Okay, Power Rangers beat 'em up, old school Mighty Morphin. Where does it lose you? Fantastic. Xbox. Uh, I saw the gameplay. Oh really? Yeah, I saw it. It yeah. looks like garbage. It doesn't impress you. It looks like a mobile game, for hmm. sure. I don't mean to disparage every mobile game. At least 3% of them are good. Uh, okay. But this one does not look good. Hmm. It's disappointing. Mm-hmm. This is the game we need in this era, especially with the movie coming out of March. You saw the trailer today. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's fucking brilliant. I wouldn't say it's brilliant. I would yeah. say it's, it's, it's cool. brilliant. I would I was... say there's no other word for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Alpha looks a little weird. I'm just going to say that. It looks a lot weird. And that's really just Brian Cranston on a video screen. His big old floating head. You think it has Ordon? Yeah. Alpha's the robot. No, they both look weird. <laughs> oh, green. You're yeah. saying they both look weird. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Video screen, uh, Brian Cranston? Uh, okay. All right. That's there's, fine. There's potential. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, okay. Midnight? You want to see it at midnight? There's no better time for two men to watch a uh, 90s children's show brought back to life. That's when the, re- the Rangers need us most. It's true. Uh, we got Quest of Dungeons for the PS4, eight ninety nine. It's like a procedurally generated dungeon crawler. It's pretty cool. Quest for Dungeons? Yep. Cool name. Uh, Ruby Grim Eclipse, PS4, Xbox One, 20 bucks. Hard pass. Uh, January 19th, we got Punch Club for the 3DS, uh, 10 bucks. I just like this right up here. It says, Punch Club is a sporting management simulator developed by Lazy Bear. Train hard, fight crocodiles, and find love. Earn your place in the Punch Club ranks and discover who brutally murdered your father in this choose-your-own-adventure boxing management tycoon. I love this. That sounds crazy. I, I This is why I play video games. The, uh, somebody wrote a, a write-up about it, and it's like the first rule about Punch Club is you don't talk about Punch Club. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, that's pretty great. Gold uh, star. We got Toby the Secret Mind for Xbox One, uh, 10 bucks. It's like a challenging puzzle platformer inspired by Limbo. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, Friday the 20th, we got Gravity Rush 2. Okay. 60 bucks. It's looking good. It looks cool. I don't have any stock in the first one, but... We watched the trailer, like the live action trailer for Gravity Rush 2. Oh, that shit's so good. <laughs> that shit's so cool. It's just two Japanese girls struggling to figure out why there are cats on the ceiling, and it turns out the whole world is upside down. It's fucking great. I love it. Doesn't she start the trailer like working on like a paper on like quantum physics or something? And then Newton's by the end, law. she solves yeah, yeah. The, the equation. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh my god. From Sony, another mind-bending adventure awaits. Gravity Queen Cat as the new danger emerges to threaten the fabric of the universe itself. So searching for clues behind the mystery of her origin and within the powerful raven at her side, Cat must master three unique gravity attack styles as she takes on enemies and massive bosses. And there's actually free DLC coming out for her too, which is pretty cool. Fucking sick, brah. Uh, also, Friday we got Dragon Quest Eight, which is a remaster of the Journey of the Cursed King for the 3DS. I gotta check out a Dragon Quest one of the one of these days. That's one of the ones you should check out for sure. Eight? That, yeah, that's one I played extensively on the PS2, mm. and it's a remastering of that. It's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, the Halo Wars Two Blitz open beta starts this weekend. I made a face. Uh, we got the Assembly for the Xbox One, thirty bucks. I just stared at you for a while. You really the last did. One. 
the fuck is the assembly? Uh, a first-person interactive drama for mature audiences. Sold. There's more to it. Uh, we're, we're, no, 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 no. Let's just leave it at that. Sold. Because <laughs> I have the description up here, but I guess I'll put it <laughs> I don't down. need to know anything okay. else. And then we got uh, right. Metrico Plus for Xbox One, $13.99. Metrico? Metrico. 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 Metrico? Is that like, Metrico? <laughs> Is that like Tropico? No. But for the metrics? Metric O Plus. It says Michael Pactor, and you spelled Pactor wrong. <laughs> Fucking know how to spell Michael Pactor. Okay. Yeah, the gameplay of this one it's looks like pretty Pachyderm. weird. So. Pachyderm. Interesting. Interesting. You just going to read about that? I'm not going to read about it, actually. Yeah, don't read about it. See, that's the releases. I like it. Boom. I like it, brother. And nothing really big is coming up until next week. So. What is Yakuza 0 coming out? That's next week as well? That's next week as well, yeah. Fuck. I think the review embargo lifts this week, and Fuck. copies come out on Friday. I'm hearing good things. Actually, IGN. IGN already reviewed it. Oh, cool. So it's already lifted. They say it's awesome. And I want it. It's in 80s Japan. That's like the only reason that I love Shenmue. Dope. 80s Japan? That's I... the era that I want to live in. <laughs> Is that your aesthetic? Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as I don't have to do any side quests for cats, I'm in. <laughs> that was Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, I think we should, uh, before we get into it, before we get into the thick of it, mm-hmm. we're already running a little late on this okay. one. Sorry to waste your time, guys. It's okay. But, you know, when you're playing jazz, you never know where it's going to go. Ha! <laughs> I touched you. He touched me. I touched you. I, told him not, I explicitly told him not to. So my PSA of the... Di- Sorry, did you catch a fly? That- what happened there? I caught him, but I didn't kill him. <laughs> that was good. That it was, was almost good. Was a feat of human strength. These dangerous world of podcasts. You the mic is going to spike didn't- there. I know. You never know what's going to happen. The, Fix it. It's my fine. worry as a producer, like, oh, it's going to spike here. Okay, I guess I could put a sound bite now of him just snapping. Make it sound like I won. <laughs> no, I'm not going to put cheering Please. and people are fucking rooting for you. I didn't want that specifically, okay. but now that you planted that seed in my head, You're let's make that it. tree grow. Okay. My PSA of the day is, it's pronounced Fisame. Fisame. Weird, right? It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. That, like, There's no context for that at all. None. But here we go. <laughs> So, we're here at the topic. This is our Nintendo Switch breakdown. We have had a good week. Actually, a week to the date. Mm-hmm. To sit on it. Sit on it. Um, let it... Marinate? Let it marinate. Okay, that's a good term. Let it cook in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does beer do? Brew? It brews. Let yeah. it brew. Ferments. We had some strong opinions, mm-hmm. and... I don't know. So, we, we put down our pre-orders, and this is the kind of thing I'm conflicted about, because... Mm-hmm. I have so much reason to not want this console now. And it wasn't just the, the bad press conference, which was bad. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of the information that was coming out afterward. We're just like, what the fuck? Like, what, what, what are you talking about? The stuff about? that they almost seem like skeptic to announce during the conference. Well, it would have... Well, I mean, actually, if they were worried about strangling the momentum of that uh, conference... <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem like it. Yeah, no, you... I understand not trying to bog down certain things with details here and there, but mm-hmm. some of the stuff is just like, I need you to be more transparent about this for a system that's coming out in two months. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to know about the online infrastructure. We we need to know about what's going on with virtual consoles. So but there's a lot of issues here. But I do want to uh, do a brief rundown. Let me move my beer. Of what we officially know, and uh, pretty much these are answers to the questions that we had beforehand mm-hmm. when we did our first, first, first uh, reveal kind of cast, if you will. Back in October? 
yeah, back in October. So I'm going to just start it off here. These are just, uh, if you want to add that click, and I don't have to do it, you go ahead and do that. No, I'm going to make you do it because you want this so bad. All right, you so I'm going to do it. it. So the first one. Nintendo is launching a new online service that will be free through the summer and will begin charging for it in the fall. Like Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus before it, Nintendo is offering a free NES or SNES game a month for subscribers. Unlike Golden Plus, free access to those titles expire when the month is up. Quick feeling? Uh, that sours me a little bit, actually. Cool. Next one. The Switch's online service will rely on an external app for smart devices, which will launch in the summer. The app is how users will be able to use voice chat, online matchmaking, and create lobbies. Nintendo has not been clear whether or not this app is our only way of using these features. Makes no fucking sense. In 2017, no. Yeah. Especially when there have been built-in online chat features and land connections since, like, the PS2. Mm-hmm. Uh, since SOCOM. Since SOCOM. Since SOCOM. I, I just I don't understand. It seems like it's it, incredible. It's ass backwards. And I understand that Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo's method for the last, well, actually over a decade at this point, and, mm-hmm. and you could say in some regards with the uh, Nintendo 64, actually, this mentality began because everyone else wanted to go with CD-ROMs, and Nintendo was the uh, guys in the corner saying, we stick by cartridges. Mm-hmm. And, and it then, just didn't make sense. And that's how they fucked up. This was the beginning of them poisoning the well for third-party relations. Because remember, Square Enix walked the fuck away from Nintendo did. because of that reason. Okay? They're like, okay, well, PlayStation can do when Nintendo don't. So, the issue that I have in my mind is that they have made this kind of bubble for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, we're, you, don't, you don't compare us to what PlayStation and Xbox is doing because you can't because we're a different you know we're a different ecosystem you know and and then they they come at at us with the stuff where when we were uh, thinking about the portability of the system we were just thinking about nope this is Reggie Reggie's quote by the way which is Fisame Fisame that you're not going to want to carry around a complicated headset with you to jump online why not make it through your uh, through your phone device because you're going to carry probably a headset already or earbuds why not make life as easy as possible? And it's like, half of you wants to agree almost? Because mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, you're kind of right. You're, you're, you're trying to live side by side with the tech I have. And then the other half of you says to yourself, the motherfucking Vita had voice chat. I was going to say. <laughs> it hurts. Before I mean, we, But if a handheld like that can have the function, there's no reason why Nintendo can't have it in theirs. A $300 handheld, by the way. It makes sense. So we can we can make the comment, okay, we shouldn't compare them to, you know, uh, Sony and Microsoft in terms of, I guess, hardware and what they're doing. Because they, they create in their own bubble. They're doing things for themselves that they feel is right for their market. But in terms of the online eco- ecosystem, which they're already behind in, I have to compare it to them. Like, exactly. I have to. I have to hold them to, like, what's going on. Whether it's achievement systems, whether it's you know accessibility in terms of online, some, like, that's what we want is like online. Exactly, gamers. some of this shit is just quality of life things yeah. that we expect in the modern age, and it's not it's not out of the realm of reason no. to want onboard fucking matchmaking or mm-hmm. voice chat. That is not. I'm sorry, devices can do it. Don't act like yours can't because you're trying to get the cost down because the cost is fucking horrible right now. Three hundred bucks. I'm sorry. I'm not about that price. I mean, maybe it's a second thought to them because they're trying to maybe expand their local play with it. I mean, you can connect up to eight switches locally. They yeah, okay. have this mindset that it's going to be a party fixture. People are going to bring it with them. So maybe they're thinking multiplayer is going to burgeon in a different way that you know they don't expect it to take to online. But it's just like, well, why not Well, okay. fine-tune yourself to that market as well? Right. Have the accessibility. And that makes sense for when you're walking around with the, the handheld switch. But what about when you're at home with the dock? By the way, the $90 dock that apparently has like some sort of processing power to it. 
because your games will run at 1080p. Well, <laughs> the <laughs> games that can run at 1080p are going to run at 1080p on your TV, whereas it's 720p on the go. What the fuck about that? Where it's like, how come I can't have onboard chat then? I'm at home. Yeah. This is my home console. In fact, you've been pushing that it's a home console because you don't want me to get it twisted mm-hmm. with your handheld market. Uh, anyway, I'm going to move on to the next thing. we got more facts on here. I need, yeah, I need, I need to breeze through here. Okay? Yeah. Despite its handheld function, the Switch will not use the hugely popular StreetPass system, and the Miiverse social network is also being scrapped. Okay. Sucks. I'm okay with that. The internal battery could potentially last up to six hours in a full charge, but this number is hugely dictated by the software. Zelda, for instance, can suck up the unit's power in three hours. Okay. So you think like a game like Shovel Knight will get more? Yeah. Okay. Ostensibly. Boom. Hopefully. I think so. We're going to see this. When this thing gets in the wild, we're going to see if this is just shit mm-hmm. or truth. You know? I. It makes sense that a game like Zelda would suck up the power. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, but I want to see, like, what would Mario do to it? What mm-hmm. would uh, some of these other titles do to it? Well, what I've already heard is that um, Legend of Zelda takes up 40% of the uh, storage capacity of the Switch, so I imagine it's burning through fucking battery life and CPU. So. But 40% of 32 gigabytes... It's, uh, it's not large. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not so, impressive. No. All right. The Switch does not feature region locking for software. Mm-hmm. You can play weird imports until the waifu come home the pasture. That's good. I think it's probably one of the smarter features. That's true. Region locking is bullshit. I'm tired of snapping my fingers. The next one is... God damn it. The Switch hosts only 32 gigabytes of internal memory. Yikes. Storage can be expanded mercifully by micro SD cards, including the upcoming 2 terabyte micro SDXC, which we need to have better names for our technology. Do they have a patent for that? It's like a, a Nintendo? It's like a Blade Runner, Runner device? Yeah, Why right. are we naming shit an SDXC? Get your acronyms out of my ass. Um... So this one doesn't necessarily bother me as much because I don't expect a lot of Nintendo games to eat up. <laughs> like, not a single one of them seems to be more than 32 gigabytes, uh-huh. you know? Um, the only issue is that if you are going to go deep, balls deep, if you will, mm-hmm. with Virtual Console downloading games left and right, because uh, you can download retail games from what I understand. Mm-hmm. At least you could on the Wii U. Um, although they haven't really mentioned if you can download Zelda Day 1. No, they haven't mentioned too much about the online virtual console, so... Because I'm thinking in my head, like, do I really need to pick up a retail copy of Zelda? You know? When it's like, obviously I want that at launch, mm-hmm. so... who? And it's the only game I'm going to be playing at launch because there's Nothing not else. a lot of options. We'll get into the launch lineup very soon. Okay, um, okay I'm just... Okay, that, that, it's, it's fine, and I like that it, you can use devices that are not proprietary. In fact, if they did that, I would not get this console at launch. I may not even get this console at all if I can't use SD cards. That's one of the reasons that I don't own a Vita. Mm-hmm. That shit sucks. Those things are expensive. Are. It's stupid. And the last thing I have on here for another factoid, I'm missing some facts, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, streaming services like Netflix won't be available at launch, though Nintendo says it's being considered for a future update. That's right, buddy. And again, and again, and this is Nintendo's backpedaling where Reggie had to do a bunch of fucking apologizing mm. or, or apologist work. It was, it was an atomic apologist bomb over the last week. And one of the things he said was, well, he basically made, pointed out, you have a bunch of devices already that do that. <laughs> you know? And then they tried to push that, well, this is a dedicated gaming device. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you want to fight. Half your mind is like, but my dedicated gaming devices do the other things too. You know, and it's like, they're not wrong. No, he's got us there. I mean, do we need it to have that accessibility off of, across all, like, 
platforms. Yeah, it would be nice, but I mean, yeah, sure, if my Switch is just my dedicated gaming console, I guess I can be okay with that. But no, like, fuck that. Like, my Wii, exactly. my Wii can stream like Netflix. Why can't my Switch day one? This Makes is no like sense. this it weird... Already be it's like Stockholm Syndrome where you're just like, you know what, you're right, I am shit. I belong in this basement. You're right, Reggie. I don't need to eat more. I'll take more. my own arm for you. Right, I don't need to eat more than one bowl of oatmeal a day. And then suddenly you realize, no, but I'm a human being. I deserve three meals a day and each hot. And you get <laughs> mad. And you start yanking at the chains. And you go, fucking Reggie, I'll, I'll kill you. The I'll kill like, you, Reggie. Well, we have new Zelda coming to here. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. They're making me go fucking crazy. And that should not be the feeling that I have no. at the launch of a brand new console. That's supposed, about positivity. Right, that's supposed to uh, supersede the fucking burning wreck that the Wii U was. Mm-hmm. So far, it, it, this looks like a repeat of the Wii U. I don't think it's as dire as that. No. In a lot of degrees, because I think it will sell better than the Wii U. Because already, it's an attractive device. It has such great potential, mm-hmm. with the hardware, at least. But just a lot of the messaging, a lot of what they're doing with first and third party relations, and how there's just a disparity between, between the two. Mm-hmm. It just... It all screams Wii U again. It screams Nintendo. It's all Nintendo. That's true. And that's not necessarily a good word these days. And people have this fucking, just this loyalty to this company because of their childhood. And I'm just like, but they've been fucking up for like 15 straight years. Mm -hmm. And we give them a pass. And they've given themselves a pass because they looked at the Wii and they didn't say to themselves, what made this work? Instead they said, of course this worked. Let's keep on going. (laughs) And that was not the thing to do. In my mind, the Wii is a or sorry, the Wii is a fluke. Mm-hmm. It may be a hundred unit, a hundred million unit selling fluke, mm-hmm. but it's a fucking fluke. But look at who that console spoke to: casual gamers, not casual like hardcore gamers. gamers like us. Exactly. So the, people are buying that for the Wii Fits, the Wii Sports, the Wii Boxings, like the games that they could just get down on their family with and have like low commitments to like families that aren't at home like we are to play games for eight hours a day that only maybe have 30 minutes of time to play with their kids before they go to bed so i think that system spoke to them on a different level that say like sony speaks to us and i think that's where the switch might find its success again much in the way that the Wii did so let's go back to the basement for a second dan okay let's go back to this darkened basement i've already finished my oatmeal and i'm reflecting on my choices. And I think to myself, well, this, I hate this. This, mm-hmm. this is upsetting to me. I'm a core gamer and I'm not... You're uh, being punished. I'm being punished. But day. then I think, well, how did I get here? And it comes down to, because I trusted Reggie. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got those kind eyes and that smile that says, we won't let you down. I trusted him and I just... All the evidence was to the contrary. They're, they're not here for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a bonus if they get me, but they're not here for me. And this this goes back to something that I think Colin Moriarty said, and I know we, we quote him a bunch, and all we do is ape him, but it's great. I mean, he's one of the great mouthpieces of the He industry. is. Don't yeah. always agree with him, but I love him to death. Uh, that Nintendo functions not like a video game publisher or a hardware manufacturer, but they function as a toy company. Really? And they have for years and years and years and years and years. And this is the problem with their mentality, is that... They come out with something and they think, well, that's what it's going to be. It, here's all the features, and here you go. We're going to ride this for like five, six years or as long as we can. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, well, 
Maybe we'll get it right on the next one. They don't think, let's iterate on this. Let's make it work for our, our customer base because their customer base that they really want are the people that are going to buy it and not fucking think about it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they'll buy Wii Sports 3 or whatever that comes out. This is where the money was at and that's what the writing on the wall for, for them was during the Wii generation. Mm-hmm. They're just like, shit, this is meteoric. We were focusing on these assholes that complain about our games all the time and want to see uh, uh, Metroid naked or something. I don't know what's going on. Let's get to the, the moms and the pops. Mm-hmm. They have left us, left us behind, and we're getting angry and disappointed when it's like, well, there's two companies vying for my attention constantly, mm-hmm. and they want me, and they want to cater to me. Nintendo's not that anymore in my mind. They get my needs. They get how to right. exceed my expectations. They're, They're not, doing what we need. And so I almost feel like... It's, and to one degree, yeah, I understand being disappointed in their decisions and all that, but I feel like maybe take a step back and also realize they're not here for us. No. <laughs> and it's crazy because the, the messaging of the, the teaser trailer back in October led us to believe that, yeah, they are here for us. And Correct. Guys, you know, maybe we took what we wanted from that. Correct. Maybe we wanted something that wasn't the Wii U out of the Switch. We projected a lot onto it. And it's not wrong to have wanted to do that. They showed us promise with that. No, they showed no, no. Us... I, I don't want to say that it's wrong for anybody because, again, we grew up with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. We, When we think of video games, I mean, I, I pointed out, so I wrote an article on, uh, by the way, blog number two, on the writerup.com, I wrote an article called, Is the Nintendo Switch Launching Too Early? Okay. And one of the points that I made on here, there is a time in my gaming life where my parents couldn't call any video game console Anything but a Nintendo. Like, it didn't matter if it was a PlayStation or N64 or Game Boy or fucking Dreamcast. They're like, oh, he's playing his Nintendo. That's how synonymous Nintendo was with video gaming. Hmm. And they're not that anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I know they publish games. I know they do Mario and all that. But when it comes to, when I think of modern video gaming and the climate that I like, mm-hmm. that's not Nintendo. That's, that's, they're going to get their you know, hardcore fan base that is you know, drip-fed these first-party games, mm-hmm. and they're going to starve if they're looking for anything beyond that, especially the third-party. We'll get into a little bit of that because I still have some news to read. Um, but I I just... I, I, I've had, like, this epiphany where I'm just like, yeah, these guys, they're not here for me anymore, man. <laughs> they gave up on me when I came of age. They're like, yeah, dude, I, I can't sell you another fucking Mario party. I don't... Why are you here? Yeah, you already got it with Mario Party too. You yeah, they're it. like dedicated online. Are you fucking clown shoes? You know we're Nintendo, right? <laughs> so there, there's a few, mm. few little news things that have erupted over the week that we want to get into. I know. Again, we're getting long in the tooth. I'm sorry, kids. I'm not gonna keep on saying it. Don't don't make hand gestures at me. <laughs> that was a gesture. It's, a, it's fine. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna touch you. You're stroking me now. God, I'm you. stroking. Can you hear it, audience? Oh. This mic picks up everything. It, well, they just hear the chair that's rocking. Mm. I hate these chairs. I do, too. we got to get rid of them. First article here I have is, Nintendo has not confirmed if virtual console purchases will carry over to the Switch. And that isn't not confirmed in the sense that they haven't said anything about it. That's not confirmed in the sense they deliberately said they don't want to confirm it. Here's a quote from senior Nintendo apologist and living meme, Reggie fils May when he spoke to GameSpot. Quote, We have not shared a lot of information regarding virtual console. We will be sharing more information at a later date. What I can tell you is that with the introduction of the Nintendo account, we now have the capability to tie consumers' purchases to their particular account. So that opens up a range of executions for us to address that consumer desire, that consumer need. So we hear it. We're working on it. More information to come. Mm, Tethering your purchases to a personal account. My, Daniel, this truly is 2017. Mm. 
I love it that this has been the Nintendo story for years, which is like, hey, we just got that feature uh, that you've had for 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you wanted it, right? You wanted it. We you hear that desire. There it is. We didn't listen to it for over a decade, but we know it's there. Another thing I wanted to get into, my friend. Number two, industry analyst and console Nostradamus, Michael Pachter, has chimed in on Nintendo Switch. His quote, Priced at $300, Switch is not a more affordable alternative to the PS4 and Xbox One. Initial pricing is likely to be problematic given an underwhelming slate at launch, and the fact that the PS4 and Xbox One are consistently discounted at retail below their starting prices of $300, with free software packet. Factor went on to predict that the, the Switch will likely sell 1 million units in the fiscal year of 2017, despite Nintendo's own estimation of 2 million units, and that they'll only push 5 million units the following year. Pactor also believes that should the Switch have a slow start, third-party support for the system will wane just as it did for the Wii U. The catch-22 of the situation is that publishers will want to wait and see how the Switch performs, but the hardware sales are likely to stymie without that very same third-party backing. Hmm. This is also a part of the Nintendo narrative, what I want to call it. Or with like the Wii U, people were very. There was a lot of trepidation about moving forward with like relationship in terms of like third party stuff. At the first, so, it was a little top heavy, right? Yeah. Like we saw Batman and you know Rayman and all that shit mm-hmm. coming out to it. Ubisoft was throwing Assassin's Creed on. They, there. they were throwing like old old shit. Correct. Nintendo's way, like they weren't even being gracious with it. Like it we didn't old. get Black Flag at first. No, we got Assassin's Creed Three. We got Just Dance Four. We got Zombie U. So like we got like really like weak. Titles. Yeah, exactly. Very, very tepid titles, <laughs> and it was them just kind of testing the water, mm-hmm. but audience interest was low because we're being drip-fed, mm-hmm. once again, uh, old titles. And that seems to be the story all over again with this, when you look at some of the launch lineup games where it's like, okay, uh, for the launch window, Mario Kart Deluxe, so it really is just Mario Kart 8 again. Mm-hmm. And then you have... But hey, it's got all the DLC. But it's got all the DLC, mm. doesn't it? It's got, it's got new tracks. Same game. Mm-hmm. Super or <laughs> Super Street Fighter 2. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing my mind with that one right there. I Am Satsuna came out year Or not years ago at this point, but it, uh, that's an older title. Yeah. It's been out. <laughs> it's been around the block. Okay? So I'm starting to see that fear from the third-party publishers already. They came out of the gate saying that they were talking to like fucking 60 third-party publishers. Mm -hmm. They had big names on there. Right. And this is what we're getting. You know? Where's the launch lineup? Let me see this shit. Okay, Minecraft is coming. Fucking surprise there. (laughs) Farming Simulator at some point. By the way, these are games that have no release date. They're coming down the line sometime. Okay. Okay? Rayman Legends? I think I'm out of like 2012 or 2013. Yeah, are you 2013? Are you fucking kidding me? Rayman Legends, my dude. That's your. I mean, it's a, it's a great game, but it's just like too little, too late with that. Still, <laughs> you know, some of this hurts. Some of this hurts to see. It really does. I mean, so what? What's these are the third party post release games that I got. You said mm-hmm. I am Setsuna. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Binding of Isaac. Interesting. Yeah, that's okay. on every console known to man. At this point. Um, yeah. The one that we always talk about because we think it's a big deal, but at this point, like it's now it's five years old, and you know, it'd Skyrim. be impressive to see if it could run it. But yeah, Skyrim, like Skyrim, and they can't even really confirm if it's a special edition that just came out. The game, like, uh, it may, it's not necessarily the 360 edition, but it may be like a middle of the road kind of deal. Because mm-hmm. when we're when we're trying to um, quantify the power of this console, it is more than the Wii U, mm-hmm. 
but far less than the PS4. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird middle ground right there. Okay. Again, which is to say, you were not going to see The Division on this console. No. You're probably not going to see Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. You're probably not going to see uh, Resident Evil 7. I'm, I'm going to put that out there for you guys there. And so it becomes this issue in the consumer's mind where it's like, well, why am I getting you? And to me, it's like, no, I don't want to see... I've said it over and over again. I don't want three consoles that do the same exact thing. No. I do like, to an extent, that Nintendo carves out its own niche, but give me a reason to want to jump in with you mm-hmm. on, on this underdog trip that you've had going on for a exactly. while. You know, like, I have third-party lining up original shit that I'm just like, what the fuck? Hey, you want some ideas from me? Why don't you fucking revive Mega Man Legends 3, my dudes? That'd have been smart. Would have fucking killed it. And as far as the launch lineup goes, and I, th- I think in the article that I was saying, which was like, why is it coming out now when you don't have Mario, which is arguably probably going to be a bigger system seller than even Zelda? Yeah, I've been hearing a lot in, in your purported echo chamber, if you will, that people that uh, Zelda doesn't typically sell as a launch title in the way that Mario does. I mean, we've had rare examples of it coming mm-hmm. out at launch, but no, Mario outsells Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's not... You can't argue that. But I have a feeling that this Zelda in particular will be successful. For it will launch. be a system seller. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But Especially because it's the sort of Zelda people have been waiting for. But what happens after Zelda? And that's like that's a huge question. Okay. Mm-hmm. What next? Arms. Arms looks fun, but not a lot of people are going to jump on an untested property that looks gimmicky from the offset. I'm sure if they get their hands on mm-hmm. it, maybe they'll you know sing a different tune. Well, yeah. I think uh, for the direct after the day after where people could actually get their hands on the hardware and the play, people were saying like positive things about it that it's more fun than it has a right to be. Or, or for instance, okay, so one that is getting positive feedback, mm-hmm. uh, snipper clippers. Yep. Or snipper clips. I think it's way too fun. Way too fun. Not coming out. Not coming out day one. Nope. <laughs> it's like mid late launch. So here, here's yeah. what we have confirmed for March third, the release. We mm-hmm. have Breath of the Wild, one two switch. Just Dance 2017, Skylanders, Imaginators, right. and Super Bomberman R. Which looks hot, but there's one problem with Super Bomberman, Bomberman R. It looks like a game that on PS4 would be a $20 download, mm-hmm. and they're charging 60 bucks for it. Yeah. You already lost me. I'm not picking up that game. I don't I don't care how fun it might be. Mm. I'm not picking up that game for 60 bucks. No, I'm only going to drop 60 bucks on games that are really worth my dollar. Exactly. And that's my argument. If they waited to the fall, mm-hmm. waited to the fall, or closer to the fall where Mario was ready to come out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And sure, Zelda may have already come out on March 3rd for the Wii U, mm-hmm. but you only have a 12, min- 12 million unit install base there mm-hmm. to begin with. People are going to wait for the fucking Switch version. Sorry. True. You know, or in that time, even give us more reasons to want the Switch version of Zelda. Like, hey, by the way, here's all these features that aren't in the Wii U mm-hmm. edition of the game. So you have Zelda, you have Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. And what happened to that Pokemon game that was supposed to be uh, in development? Uh, Pokemon Stars? Right. So no mention of that. I have like a no confirmation. of late 2017. No confirmation, no mention oh. from Nintendo of this game. Mm-hmm. Say that you had this trifecta ready for the fall. Of, it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. It would be like, you know what? You fucking twisted my arm. Mm, yeah, you got me a Zelda. And I'm just thinking as a normal consumer, not, not us game-starved fucking podcasters. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you got me a Zelda, but mm, you really got me a Mario. Fuck, you have a Pokemon mm-hmm. for your that's handheld not, that's fucking holy for home Nintendo. console hybrid? You'd fucking kill it right there. Sorry, brother. 
I remember that's why we waited on getting uh, Sun and Moon for ourselves because we're like, yeah, it's gonna come out for the Switch like stars. Exactly. So and nothing. Yep. I don't even think they dropped any screenshots of it or any nope, gameplay. Nope. nope. There's no confirmation of this game. Nope. That's speculation. It does not exist. Sure. Officially, in any official capacity. Do you think this is them like stretching out their calendar year then, being like, okay, we're gonna do uh, beginning of the year launch with Zelda and these very weak first party games, and then we're gonna stretch it to the fall with Mario and mid uh, spring with Mario Kart Deluxe like I think it's more of a situation where for some reason there's this kind of uh, maybe they're just being impetuous like they want to get the console out there and they want to get that uh, buzz going for it exactly they want to get that buzz going that mind share going for Mm -hmm. it and it's like you could really wait you could really really wait Mm -hmm. Um, because because I don't I don't necessarily think that the system itself isn't ready the system's ready like no, no, no. For the sure. system's ready. The games are not the, ready. The support for it. And it, it seems it? like the third parties were almost like surprised about the system. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to actually read this to you. Mm-hmm. It's not a news thing, but... Um, oh, it's at the bottom of my article. So, this is from my article. Uh, Even the company's shareholders are having a tough time believing the Switch can reach a wide audience. Just a day after the big conference, Nintendo's stocks dropped 5.75%. It feels just as dismal on the game dev side. The Game Developers Conference released the results of a poll where 50% of developers think the Switch can outsell the Wii U. Only half. A 50-50 chance. Mm. Now, I know predictions don't necessarily dictate reality. No. What has me distressed is that of those who were polled, only 3% were actively working on a Switch game. Wow. Exactly. Of those, like, 60 purported developers. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. No. And it reminds me of the Sega Saturn, where Sega shit this thing out real quick mm-hmm. because I guess they were trying to take Mindshare away from PlayStation, PlayStation 1 okay. at the time. And they came out at a higher price point, and they released before game studios even had games ready for the thing. So mm-hmm. it came out with just a handful of fucking just, you know, I think Bullshit. Dreams was out for it or something yeah. like that, or whatever that did. Nights. Nights in the Dreams, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And it just, it underperformed. It, it, there was no compelling argument for the system, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't, it didn't really seem like a bad system, in the very least. It's just, its timing was fucking off. But that's not to say that Nintendo hasn't launched into a fucking vacuum of nothing before. Mm-hmm. Look at the 3DS launch lineup. I mean, it sucked. What was it like Pilot Wings 3D? It had nothing. And I think Ocarina of Time 3D came out like months later. I don't remember being launched, so yeah, no, it wasn't launched. I think that's I think that's about right. I think it, it launched the gimmick of okay, cool, you have 3D capabilities with it. Here are these right. little cards where you can have like characters that you can move around the room. So maybe you could look at it this way, where they don't want to launch in the fall because they know they're going to be going up against AAA games from the uh, big studios like Activision or mm-hmm. what EA's got brewing up, and in order to mitigate that, that's okay. Launch in the March where it seems like very few things come mm-hmm. out. Unfortunately for them. Horizon comes out at the end of February, and fucking Mass Effect comes out at the end of March. And so now it's sandwiched. As much as I love Zelda, I think it might hurt it a little bit, because people are going to be comparing mm-hmm. Horizon to that, even Mass Effect to that in ways, where it's yeah, like, yeah. cool, yeah. this is what open world games have been doing for a while, and this is what you're doing. Right. So if there's, I think it's going to, I don't know. If there's anything even slightly antiquated about uh, Breath of the Wild... You're going to notice it. You're going to fucking hear about it over and over and over. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. But I understand maybe the thinking was try to get it away from the glut. Mm-hmm. Especially looking at 2016, it was bad. Yeah. Games came out and some games got swallowed up. Where it's like, oh, you played Titanfall 2? And you're like, Titan fuck what? 
Where I think they made smart moves in 2016 to get us buzzing about Nintendo again with mm-hmm. the 3DS games, with uh, Super Mario Run, things like that. Even uh, Pokemon Go, which technically wasn't them, but it got buzzed for uh, Nintendo products and Pokemon games again, so I think that helped them too. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. made up for it back in like the December of that year, I mean, where yeah. they, they had this fucking real, real fight. But it, it's, a, it's an uphill battle for them. It really is. Um, that sucks because I want to see this console succeed. I really do. Like for as underwhelmed as I was, I still have a lot of faith in Nintendo that this could be a success. But I just I hope it's not dead in the water. Like I really don't. I have faith in the hardware. I don't really know if I have faith in Nintendo. Yeah. I don't. They just seem so out of touch. They really do, and it's just the small choices. And I think a lot of people kind of overshadow. Like I'm looking at the achievement thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people that doesn't matter, and maybe Nintendo kind of sticks on to that mentality we're like well we haven't done it before so it doesn't matter we're not going to try it you know so that gives them that free pass but that small move tells me it's small things Mm -hmm. that tell me about big things and that small thing tells me that they're out of touch or they don't necessarily care to get in touch in that capacity Mm -hmm. as a toy company they want to sell you their fucking toy and be done with it move on to the next one (laughs) right move on to whatever the fuck else they want to focus on you know like, they don't want to keep on thinking about the ecosystem, the Switch, and how to make this experience better for customers. They want you to fucking get hyped. They want you to buy it. They want to fucking sell out their pre-orders. They want people lining up for it. And then they just want to get through. Mm. And it's done. That's what happened to Wii U. Wow. Yeah, it hurts. It does hurt. You, you, uh, you had something for me, by the way. I got two bits. Financials. Um, yeah, you were talking to me first about um, the price point and... Um, what do you think of that? Why they didn't point? think it was good? I think it's fair, um, but as we saw, uh, they're making up for the fact that they're hardware, and I felt like there was potential maybe for it to be cheaper, and then to the pr- the price point for the hardware to be justified even more, like the controllers and stuff. Like if you sold me a console at two fifty, yeah, there would be no doubt that I'd have it. Like I'm granted, I got it regardless, mm-hmm. but you know that would be a sure thing. And then like anything else they threw at me down the line, whether it's a pro controller for seventy or Joy Cons at ninety, like I'd be like, okay, that's a little more. There's more breathing room. Joy Cons eighty. Joy Cons eighty. Okay, so bad. So I. Yeah, but still, I don't think three hundred is a horrible price, especially when consoles used to launch at like five hundred, four hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can get a fucking PS4 for two fifty these days, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's the worst move. I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts, mm-hmm. been listening to a bunch of fucking things that I don't even like. You mm-hmm. know, usually peruse like GameSpot's the lobby and shit, just to hear what like you know analysts and industry folks are fucking talking about, what the talking heads are saying. Um, I, I, I'm still not necessarily, I don't have my pulse on like what just the general public thinks about this thing because people mm-hmm. just get excited about whatever and yeah. that's what Nintendo likes to stick on. That's what video game companies want is that just that stupid fervor of like you're not really looking past the veneer. You're mm-hmm. fucking just going like, that's exciting. I want to touch it and play it and fuck it. So, no. Uh, but one of the things about the price point, you got to think about this, is the uh, kind of the attract to it. So there's no pack in game. You know, and that's still been kind of, I know we've gotten used to that, and mm-hmm. I know if companies have inadvertently worked together to normalize the whole you don't get a fucking no game at launch yeah. kind of thing, but that still hurts because w- this console isn't coming out at the same time as Xbox One and PS4. They're coming out about three years into their life cycles, mm-hmm. where they already had their second models and price drops. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these price-dropped, slim models are packed in with games. So the conceivable, the, co- the consumer value... Sometimes not even one, sometimes two. Exactly. Sometimes collections. So, so the consumer value is about. above that. So let's just say, let, let, let's name 
Mama Joe walks in the GameStop, sees mm-hmm. these three consoles laid out. Here's the Nintendo Switch. She knows Nintendo. Mm-hmm. She knows that brand. She doesn't know what the fuck a Switch is. It's not her business to worry about that. But mm-hmm. the kids want something under the tree. This is $300. No game with it. There's no Mario either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I asked for Mario, and they're telling me this fucking something about this dude named Zelda. Don't understand. Move on to Xbox One. Xbox One S. Uh, I think they're back up to 300 but they were 250 for a while. Yeah. Hey, that's a racing game on there, and he talks about that Master Chief guy. Well, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Boom, comes with two games already. Move on to the fucking PS4. Uncharted sounds like a thing. Seems like a lot of casual people don't know what the fuck Uncharted is, no. which confuses me. <laughs> like, I remember walking into a GameStop, and the dude in front of me was going to buy a PS4. Mm-hmm. It was right before Christmas. And he was just like, what's Uncharted? Is it good? Is it like Call of Duty? <laughs> I was oh, like, boy. I was like, no, it's it's like third person. Good. I hate first person. <laughs> that was the conversation we had. So when you look at these three things like lined up together, they're gonna go for this thing that's like, well, it's bundled. Yeah, it's more bang for their buck. Right. This, Makes sense. This has games, you know, and it has a controller. What are they trying to sell me with this? Am I getting a handheld for them? Is this like a Game Boy or something? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a confusing proposition, you know. And I well, understand. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Did the PS4 launch with the bundle initially? No, absolutely not. Okay. It didn't launch. But that's that's not, not to say that these bundles won't come out. Like I'm sure by fall they'll have yeah. a bundle figured out for it. But right no, now, absolutely. But what I'm saying is you, you can't look at it in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, well, these guys didn't launch with a bundled game. No, but this system is launching where these systems, two systems, its competitors that have been in the game for three years with their next-gen consoles that are more powerful than what the Switch is coming out with, have games with them. And I get that. That hurts. I, I understand that that hurts it greatly. But you're comparing yeah. tenure right now with innovation, and a lot of people are going to look at what Nintendo's doing, and it's going to mm-hmm. turn their heads and be like, huh, that's a mighty fine console there. Interesting hardware. New specs? That's not something I haven't handed my head on so long yet. So they have people by the intrigue alone. Mm-hmm. They do. And it, does, it doesn't speak to us on a consumer standpoint at all. Because, no, we want our systems out bundles. Game is, is an expensive fucking hobby, dude. I'll tell you that right now. For sure. Through and through. So, like, yeah, I want a console that's going to have a bundle. That might have a month free of, like, PlayStation Plus. That might have other things to it. Maybe a free gift card. So, yeah, it's just the console. But I don't think Nintendo's trying to go that way with it. And, yeah, we will harp on them for being consume, uh, producing in a vacuum and all that. But, it, I don't know. Maybe there's something to see with what they're doing with it, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, again, I'm totally interested. It's just as, as me... I'm just trying to get into the head of a, just an average consumer. No, it doesn't make sense. For does this thing average... have life? I don't think so. But, that's my that's that's my yeah. whole point. Like, does this have life beyond it? Because it's it's a bad consumer proposition. That's what Michael Packer's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, this is not looking good because they should have came in at two fifty if they were going to try that shit. True, they really should have. Let me get you on the point here. Uh, Fiza May, senior mm-hmm. apologist, came forward about the price point. Love and he it. said, "We look at every launch uniquely as to what's the right thing to do for that launch." This is what Fusa May told GameSpot in an interview after the Nintendo Direct. And I've been involved in launch dates uh, dating back to the Nintendo DS, which is the first one. Each one is a little different. For this launch, what we found is what is that with the range of the software that's coming, not only available day one, but through April and into the summer, and including the holiday timeframe with Super Mario Odyssey, that we wanted to enable the consumer to buy the software they want, to look to get the most approachable price we could get to. That led us to the $299 price point and led the consumer to decide what games they want to buy. Um, he started out by defining that that's the price they wanted in the U.S. because they felt like it was more manageable and they worked to reach that. Um, and that included things they couldn't leave out of the package, like cables, which is like essential anyway, and then the Joy Cons, mm-hmm. which I guess is like uh, maybe they're expensive to like manufacture. I can't imagine the HD are. Rumble IR sensor. 
So it seems like they packed a lot of shit in those little little uh, tiny things. Okay. So maybe that is them pushing the price point of three hundred for like the specs of those controllers. Could um, be, would be, maybe. The first decision that we make is where do we want to be in terms of the hardware price point that's going to be approachable and hit the marketplace we want? And from a US price point, we wanted that to be at $299. Certainly, lower is always better. But at a $349 or $399 price point, we just didn't feel that was the right place to be. So we start there. And then it's all about that, what's going to be included. Obviously, the inclusion of two Joy-Con, critically important, all the right cables, the docks, critically important. We also have to do this from a financial perspective as well. Once we got that bundle, it really needed to be at $299 without a piece of software. So for them, it looks like the hardware is what's pushing them. Like they're they're breaking mm-hmm. bank with that. Like they they might even be selling it at a loss at that point. <laughs> hmm. Um, and the only thing that seems to be bundled is one two switch. That's it. One two switch comes with the console. That's what it looks like. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading with you now. Acknowledge the similarities between the two. However, disputed this to some degree, arguing one two switch is more comprehensive. No, it's not bundled. He's saying it's more comprehensive than Wii Sports. Oh, as a, Therefore, as a standalone. Time. No, I didn't read that it was bundled either. Uh, nothing's bundled with this fucking okay. thing. <laughs> like, at least give me a fucking virtual console game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Shit. Even if you take it away from me, just give it to me. And I, okay, so, so one thing I also wrote about is I think from their perspective as well, at two fifty, maybe they're afraid of. You know, Mama Joe walking into GameStop and getting confused that maybe it is a handheld. Mm-hmm. It's not this console that people are talking about that they want. Mm-hmm. You know that the kids want, and that yeah, that could cause some confusion. Where it's at three hundred, you're like, why is that? <laughs> you know, so maybe they're just afraid of selling themselves short in yeah. some degree, and maybe it worked. From what I understand, uh, did you have it where? Did you write something about it being sold out? I did. So, following your Michael Pactor bit about the price point, um, I got this bitch here. Uh, Nintendo Switch meets demand of retailers <laughs> and sells out of the first wave of allocations for GameStops and Amazon. As of this past Sunday, GameStop officially announced that the company nationwide has fulfilled all reservations for its first allotment of Nintendo Switch systems. Some stores are reported to have anywhere between 20 to 40 reservation slots, depending on the volume and location of the store. Bob Puzon, the company's senior vice president of merchandising, has addressed the issue in pre-order stored stating, We're working closely with Nintendo to get additional Nintendo Switch units, and we'll let our customers know when they become available. This would be a 180 from the artificial demand created by the classic NES and how pre-orders were unavailable for pre-order, and stores would receive anywhere from 2 to 10 randomly. But Switch hards rest easy. The infamous Reggie Fils-Aimé divulged with Wired after the Switch directed that there would be, quote, 2 million consoles available at launch. Hopefully this Nin tactic isn't just to save face and quell doubt and that serious? Nintendo will actually deliver on this front. Shut the fuck up. You did you puns. drop Nin tactic? Yeah, I did. You pull puns left and right on the actual Nin tactic. Nin tactic. <laughs> oh, shit. He's got some Joy-Con over that. Oh. <laughs> um... Two million seems like a lot, but it is seemingly less considering that Nintendo ships not only domestically, but has a large international market outside of Japan. Pruders for Amazon have also gone down with a short message on their site, we don't know when or if this item will be back in stock. That seems a bit more disheartening. And Louis GameStop and other retailers are still accepting pre-orders despite initial allotments being fulfilled. So they've met the demand of the pre-orders at least mm-hmm. already, which mm-hmm. is, there's demand for it, there's want for it. Mm-hmm. If it's just intrigue at this point, or people wanting the next piece of Nintendo hardware... Or people trying to flip the thing. Maybe. That, that could be it, too. Because we, we have our pre-orders on it, and we don't even necessarily let's, know that it's a smart or safe decision for us. So let, let, let's go to our normal default mm-hmm. as, as an American society to uh, think of corporations as evil entities mm-hmm. that want to 
get the leg up on us because that's how they have the money and we don't. Mm-hmm. What if Nintendo is a little bit more nefarious than we thought and it goes back to the NES Mini mm-hmm. that they tried to condition us into getting into this idea of like, well, it's availability is going to be out the door by sending like fucking three units to like a target <laughs> you know and yeah. each target gets like three units and so we heard all the news and bylines Kotaku covered it Destructoid covered it every fucking site out there covered this this NES shortage this hot item and Nintendo acted like we didn't know it's a boutique item we didn't know there was such demand they're smarter than they fucking what know, if sure. this was a ploy if they wanted to sell that fucking switch what they very much knew <laughs> was gonna be released in March mm-hmm. The guarantee that those pre-orders are out the door. I mean, I would say it's calculated and very devious. Is by launching us into this artificial demand territory mm. here. Maybe. I don't doubt it. I don't I don't mind thinking of Nintendo as evil. <laughs> I don't. I think perhaps that they might be the most evil company. <laughs> I mean, look at motion controls. Okay. Evil. <laughs> very evil. Fucking evil. What okay. if our face guy, Reggie Fizeme, what if he's not even a person? What if he's just like 10 to 20 Warios stacked up on top of each other inside of that guy? Frankly... Doing evil for his company. Frankly, I think it's absurd that anyone could ever think of him as a person. Yeah. In the first place. I mean, he locked me in a basement. He gives me oatmeal <laughs> once a day. He denies you your hot meals. He denies me three hot meals. I'm a human being. <laughs> I do not belong feathered. No. In his, you have rights. In his Tony Nintendo rights. basement. <laughs> Fucking! I can only fend off the roaches with the with a zapper. <laughs> you understand me? Produced so by Nintendo. So I I, I I fucking wrote other things. I don't mm-hmm. want to fucking be here for another and bog down with details. Six and a half years. I will mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, they detailed the uh, differences between the uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Wii U okay. versus Switch. Uh, on the Wii U, it's going to run at 720p resolution, whereas it's only uh, 900. On the Switch doesn't hit 1080p, like which I know people are gonna shit a few bricks about. Mm-hmm. Which to me, it's just like it's fucking Nintendo guys. Like, are you are you serious? Like, they're they're gonna have 4K compatibility in the year 2027. When we've already moved on to like 12K or something crazy. Yeah, we're already beaming images into our fucking brains and living out our fantasies. And Nintendo's <laughs> like gonna be coming up with their aux cable. <laughs> like, let me hook up to your ear. <laughs> you understand me? Um, and then more inch again. It runs at 30 frames per second on mm-hmm. both consoles. Some people are like, "Oh yeah, they're trying to go for 60," and I think that's Nintendo quality. I remember uh, Total Biscuit had this whole fucking uh, Breakdown. diatribe about how he thinks it would be so worth it. You know, uh, that Nintendo would be making that, that the Switch is a better value proposition if they hit 60 frames per second versus PS4 and Xbox One and their ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's crazy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's goddamn crazy. Yeah. You know. Like, not everybody cries about 30 frames. No, I don't mind. Not at all. I don't give a shit. But, so, there you go. I'm sure he's shitting a biscuit right now mm-hmm. about the fact that it's 30 frames per second. Here's the most interesting fact. Breath of the Wild will be the last first-party developed game on the Wii U. That's not surprising. Turning it down. Shutting off the lights. Now, they're not sunsetting mm-hmm. uh, the online features and whatnot of the Wii U. They're not fucking just pulling the plug on it. It'll still be there. Yeah, that's all in there, but no more games. Done. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, we did say in the last episode that it would be a greater stock of faith and 
make us believe in the console more if they put their faith forward in this new one as opposed to just doing a foot in this door, foot in that door. That's true. So, but I mean, they have a few. They there are other foots on 3ds right now. That's true. And uh, another thing, I wrote Reggie did respond to how he thought that the switch would affect it, and he just thinks like, oh well, you know. Uh, 3DS is at a, a more attractive price point, and mm. we think it serves a different kind of clientele than the tech-savvy, forward-thinking Switch consumer. Da, 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 da. He thinks they, they can live side by side, and it's... Sure. Okay. I, I mean, think I, so. I think that's one of the reasons why the fucking thing, which looks like it's very capable of running 3DS games, mm-hmm. does not run 3DS mm. games. <laughs> that's why. Interesting. Yeah, they want to keep the, that market alive and thriving. How long do you think before the 3DS dies after this, if at all? Because I think they'll buy our market for... for there, there's still market. I think they're going to keep supporting it. It's still a street pass. It still has a huge library. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep on the 3DS now. No. I mean, it started kind of rocky, but it's got a fucking huge library. It does. Really and does. even with the uh, the Fire Emblem Direct that happened, I think, mm-hmm. was it today or yesterday or wherever it, it was? was yesterday. Um, they're announced like Fire Emblem games coming out for the 3DS. So still. there's projection for it for sure. They're gonna still, 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 yeah. Um, I don't think it's dead in the water because of Switch. Because I don't think people are going to go one way or another with it where it's like, okay, cool. My Switch is my new dedicated handheld system. No, because it's going to be like, well, it's a home console that is a handheld as well. You know, They're going to be torn between the both where it's like, my 3DS, that's a handheld. No two ways about it. I think it, I think that separation items, so. the separate the separation is difficult there. Yeah. It really is because then it comes down to well, how many consumers are going to have both a 3ds and a Switch on their person? You know, mm-hmm. like why isn't it likely for this person to be like, oh well, shit, I get to play much bigger scope games like Breath of the Wild on my Switch, and it's just as portable. This is my new portable. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I I am much more of a cynic in that thinking where it's like, no, it, it could strangle the 3ds mm-hmm. in that way. That's again, that's not to discount the huge library on the 3ds. That's not to discount Street Pass is still going strong, and that's a huge thing for people at conventions and shit. Mm-hmm. Like they really love that Street Pass thing. They do. I don't know why. I don't know what it does. I don't give a shit. At this point, okay, so it has a Street Pass. It has the friend codes, all of that. Right. It has more of a supportive online system than the Switch will. Bigger, so yeah, exactly. I feel Bigger like people will base. cling to that even still because it's like, well, this is more accessible. I don't have to have my fucking phone in my pocket to they'll, use. They'll my cling to it. Yeah. They will cling to it. But yeah, I, I would be. I I think they need to make some sort of move. They kind of still support the handheld, mm-hmm. but still have a separation in that market and that mindset. And I think one of the big fuck ups is the online for the Switch, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, everything's gonna be on your mobile phone and this and that. And it's like, okay, well. I have two devices that fuck me when I'm on the road. <laughs> you know? Like, that sucks. That really sucks. You're depending on my data carrier mm-hmm. to fucking feed your Switch? That's presumption. No. <laughs> no thank you. But I, I, I don't know what the thinking is there. It's either uh, incredibly lazy or incredibly... Uh, what's the word? Just taking advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know what's worse in my mind. <laughs> you know? None of it says innovative to me that's my thing that doesn't say innovative no not in that regard no it's, it's more in the hardware space than the, the specs for the system itself but again i'm in that basement thinking to myself yeah, he's right i do have three devices that play netflix already mm-hmm. why does my switch need to yeah <laughs> you get the fatigue you're like you know what he's got me there yeah yeah exactly they start to drill into your head and beat you down and that's not to mention that yeah this uh, so let's just talk about there's not a compelling software argument that I can make this year. There's two games I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No. 
That's not good, man. And I know a lot of two great games. They're two franchises that we know and love. Right, right. But what else has you excited for the Switch? One Two Switch looks like fucking Wii garbage to me. Mm-hmm. It looks like that old Nintendo that's trying to get your mom to buy a Switch is back. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I mean, I think last week I said I wouldn't even touch One Two Switch. I like to think that I would fuck around with it a little bit more than I ever did like Wii Sports or anything that but i guess it would be because it's a novelty and i don't have anything else to fuck around with mm-hmm. like it's kind of a last resort thing where it's like no i'm not gonna play just dance i'm not gonna play Bomberman. yeah breath of the wild i'm gonna get some miles of that for sure because i'm a hardcore zelda fan it's like one of my favorite franchises but past that like super mario odyssey i'm still kind of like on the fence about it mario kart 8 i don't really know like for me like to really keep going with longevity i would like to see the games that were teased promised in full, you know? I, I would like to see great Fire Emblem support, new Square Enix titles, like, good mm-hmm. first-party stuff. Like, And I know the promise is there. Like, I'm not going to discount Nintendo, but it'll be there eventually. It's just not there right now. No, it's not. So. Yeah, that's why, again, that's why I'm just like, it might be a greater value proposition next year. Mm-hmm. It might be. And yet, here I am, sitting on this fucking pre-order. The optimist in me is just like, well, they might give me a reason. <laughs> Maybe it would be cool. Maybe they'll open up GameCube games and virtual console. Maybe. You know, I can get Eternal Darkness and play it on the go, scare kids on an airplane. You know? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Maybe I'll finally get to play the Twin Snakes. Or, well, actually, Konami will never, never <laughs> let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to throw something at you real quick. What's that? Uh, well, we're talking about the Switch lot. First party games, third party games, whatever games. The Switch up. Yeah, the old Switch up. You fucking did it. But it's been like, what, what, what's been, like 16 episodes? 17. 17? With 17 including the special ones. Cool. Let me throw something at you. Go ahead. We're going to do a Nintendo Switch game pitch. What? Oh, Nintendo Switch game Nintendo pitch. Switch game pitch? Yeah. Danny, are you saying we're doing a Nintendo <laughs> Switch game pitch? That's what I just said to you. Boom. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got in there? It's silly. It might yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't done game pitch in a no, hot minute. You tried to do it to me like a few episodes back. I'm like, no, I wasn't feeling it. No, you weren't feeling it. It was weird. But, you know, like, <laughs> we're underwhelmed. Maybe we could create some fervor here with games that will never come out. Okay. Tickle fight. You're going to have to expand on this. You, got, you got your right Joy-Con, you got your left one, okay? <laughs> you and a friend, okay, okay, you're going through different levels. Schools. Okay. Uh, maybe a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, maybe war zones. And you have to tickle your enemies. Get them to shake, get them to stagger, get them to fall to their knees because they're just laughing their asses off because you tickle them so much. And you advance your level, you get collectibles, get stuff like that. Boom. There's a fucking competitive mode where you go up against each other. You tickle each other. <sighs> okay. I want to tell you that I'm pretty unsettled by this okay. idea. All right, maybe the DLC will get you. Get you a season pass. Are you here. fucking kidding me? You have DLC. Well, actually, you are acting as a modern publisher, mm-hmm. planning the DLC I before the launch yeah. of the game. Because there's going to be an area off the beaten path that you're like, right. I want to go there. I see, like, shadowed mountains and thunderbolts. Naturally, in Tickle Fight, I'm looking at <laughs> shadowed mountains and thinking, I want to go there and yeah. see, to tickle what has been untickled for life. Well, beyond the mountains, we have yeah. the Tickle Monster DLC. <laughs> Go ahead with the Tickle Monster DLC. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me what. <laughs> What's the Tickle Monster DLC, Daniel? So it functions a lot like a Rampage World Tour, if you will. Okay. Naturally, it <laughs> plays one to I don't know, we'll call it one to ten different Tickle Monsters. Okay. Okay. They're giants. Still using the Joy-Con functionality. You go around to different villages, different areas. You terrorize citizens with your tickling. You take a, a fair dame to the top of a building, tickle her up there. 
<laughs> There's so much, so much wrong with going on with this, but yeah. it, it does sound distinctly Japanese. Like I want to get the guys that did Katamari to do it to to develop this one. They they can stop making their weird phone gadget headset game. <laughs> stop making games like World. World. Yeah. No, but yeah, I think they, this would have a good market with the kids. Uh, with the tickles, <laughs> tickles, the tickle fight. Yeah, gotcha. Because it's like it's tickling, but there's no physicality to it. You're not actually touching people, so it's like like cursory tickling. Like you can do it, but you're not actually doing it. You're not sold. I'm not exactly sold. Okay. <laughs> so how are you going to use the motion controls again? Like what? 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 What do you? Okay, so I, I forget the specs on the Joy-Cons, obviously, but you have, you know... The they have the stick. HD rumble. Like. You have the HD rumble, so... Yeah. You move with the analog stick, obviously. I got you. Um, you do this motion, it's like the hands going up and down, and you get... There's like a, a I guess, a radius okay. of you and your opponents, and you get close to them, and you do this motion... <laughs> How many people do you tickle at a time? It depends. I mean, you can have up it to depends. eight... You can have up to eight consoles on Jesus land, Christ. so... You can have to eight people. Jesus you can have tickle parties Christ. with this. This is what Nintendo was hoping for. <laughs> He's tickled by the mere thought of it. Uh, no, I'm tickled by the thought of you just thinking about this like at a reverie today. It's like, like, you know what would be a good, that really utilizes a Switch capability. <laughs> just want to fucking tickle. I mean, okay, if they can come at us with games yeah. that show us simulating cow milking. Yeah, that was and, a little... Uh, the Joy-Con technology of ice on glass. That was off the cuff. Why can't we fucking do shit like this? Right. Why can't we have a center stage, a level like maybe four worlds in, you're in a fucking world-renowned boxing ring. Right. You're tickling. So you like you fucking like build up your 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 ranking, your status mm-hmm. in the world of tickle fighting. Mm-hmm. See, I'm liking this, like this kind of luchador aspect to it, <laughs> like this fucking roving roving fighter going around, like getting better school year mm-hmm. schoolyard tickle fights, okay. and then he goes like league, okay. essentially. You know, I think there was a movie about this called mm-hmm. called Tickle. Was there really? Yeah, it's based around like the. The dark underground tickle scene where people would basically pimp out people and make them tickle for sport. I mean, that sounds like uh, one of the segments on Real Sex. <laughs> HBO. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm about it. I'm yeah. going to support your ideas. Because cool. I, I feel the same way about this game that I do about most Nintendo Switch games. Where mm-hmm. it's like, that looks mildly interesting for five minutes. But then you get your hands on it, man. You're like, you know, this is the truth. Fuck. So that's overcooked territory, where it's like, this is the truth. I've seen the top of the mountain, and it is burritos. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, so what, what, what would I pitch for the Nintendo Switch, yeah. specifically? And, I don't know, I'm getting... We, I'm like, I, I don't necessarily have anything that just, like, uses the functions. You have to. You know? Like, I have to. Like, yeah, the, the, the rumbles and shit. I, I don't know. I, I have nothing in my mind in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there should be something to be said. Something along the lines of, like... Uh, uh, Yoshi's mushroom trip, okay. essentially. Like, you know, he's just going around being Yoshi, doing his fucking thing, and he, he gets a hold of a bad mushroom, and he goes on this fucking just inner voyage through his own mind and through the cosmos, essentially. You know, so, but I, I just really want to bend kids' fucking minds where you just see like a, a Yoshi melting, turning to a skeleton. You fight a boss that's really your father. <laughs> Like a giant Yoshi man. <laughs> it's just Yoshi with a mustache. <laughs> the only way you can defeat him is clawing out his intestines and going inside of him and growing flowers out of his corpse. 
I think you pitched a similar game like this. Have I really? This is like a reoccurring theme for you where you have to crawl into people's intestines and become something else. No, 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 no. That was, um, what was that? Katamari Insides or some shit? (laughs) Katamari Inside My Body. (laughs) Katamari in My Body. Katamari in Me? Yeah. (laughs) I think that was it. We have to roll up every stretch of like <laughs> blood vessels until you that, grow and do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was brilliant. That was a little insane. Or okay, so you can use the uh, the motion controls, but I feel like I already pitched this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven year old apocalypse. What the hell's that? Oh, you don't know about seven year old apocalypse? I think about this game all the time. <laughs> so essentially, like, you know how like it, like in the book Cell, mm-hmm. the Stephen King Cell, like you know, fucking technology goes awry and suddenly people turn crazy. I want it where there's a world where only children at seven years of age just fucking turn. They go nuts. They go they go nut bags. They 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 crawl over buildings like animals and stuff and they fucking are in the middle of traffic. Like they're they're super strong too. So like they're like tossing cars and stuff. And so you are the lone fighter. Like you're like a twelve year old. Yeah, amongst all the seven year olds. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're a twelve year old. Who like your brothers become one of these and you know, like you're <laughs> you're trying to like fight your way through these seven-year-olds to get your brother back from like the evil mal- malignant force that turned every seven-year-old into a world-class fighter. <laughs> so it's just like it really is like a the, the, just a huge world beat 'em up. Okay. Wrap your wrap, wrap your head around that idea. A rather, huge world beat rather than just be like going through streets, you know, side scroll. Like, no, 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 no. You're fucking on buildings and shit. Mm-hmm. You're 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 on rooftops. You're tossing kids. <laughs> Wherever, <laughs> you know, you're using anything in the environment you have, okay? So I have a very certain rule. Mm. There's no guns, okay. and there's no, like, impaling weapons, you know? Mm. I don't want to be that kind of game. No. But I do want to have, like, fucking, like, gang beast kind of physics. Mm. So, like, I want to have stuff where, like, you have pipes and bats and stuff like that, and you're knocking these kids, and, like, they have the crazy doll physics going <laughs> and you're doing bit like it's huge dynasty warrior fights but i want to just be like fucking crazy and asymmetrical with it you know you're going all over the place <laughs> you're like a mad scientist right now like you've been culminating this idea for fucking i've been thinking about it for a while i can tell like i want it to be like a very physics stretching game mm-hmm. you know what i mean but if it's just very real like you know, if i if i throw a kid at a skyscraper i want to see him go through the glass <laughs> but they're super strong so they don't die they don't come apart okay so we can get away with like maybe a t <laughs> but like if you're if it's on the switch besides horrifying people that are nearby at mm-hmm. bus stations you switch off the joy cons and you get into like a first person mode okay. where you're fucking boxing oh, like shit. it's like it's fucking <laughs> like it's punch outs holy shit but you're taking out these fucking kids and i mean they're hard <laughs> they're hard to fight okay because they can swarm around you yeah. and they think is almost like one entity you, know, you know, must feel the Joy-Con weighing. It's down. like a blob of kids, okay. is what I'm trying to say. So they're all over you. They're fucking. They can. They can like. Uh, they can latch you to the ground as mm. one of their attacks. Like little fusions. Yeah, exactly. Like they just grab down and they're, they're like little seven year old weights, and you can't fucking move, and you just take like to the jaw, like duh, duh. <laughs> you get <a> fucking <laughs> get the fisticuffs. <laughs> With seven year old. I didn't anticipate it this way. <laughs> Bring back game pitch for one episode. I think this is Kevin's idea of the future. I just want it to be like a what very happened to you when you were seven, man? Innovative beat 'em up, man. Where you know none of the bodies disappear because they're not dead, dude. They're not dead. I'm trying to stress to you: you're not killing kids. You're not. You're breaking every bone in their body. <laughs> Absolutely. 
You're fucking running them over. You're throwing them off a building. But they survive. You understand me? Well. Hey, you took it here. I, d- I did. Tickle fight. <laughs> Devious. I think that's our episode, buddy. We did the switch around. Yeah, we went in the bag. We did. For episode 15, we went classic with it and we just did. fucking rambled. That's <laughs> how we go back to the band. Wrote too much for it. It's all good. It's cool. It's all good. Only I have to edit maybe like 3% of it. 3% of it? That's fine. That's good because that's as many uh, third parties are working on the Switch. Ah, uh, got him there. Ah! So. Uh, if what all things considered, before we say, I mean, we we gave the rundown. Um, we would like to hear your thoughts on the switch. Hit us up at a uh, save room. What's the what switch? What at save room show. At the save room show. No, not the the. Just, There's no the. Okay, sorry. Hit us up at at somebody, save room show. Somebody took the the. Oh, okay. At save room show. Okay. On Twitter. Wait, is that already a the save room show? There absolutely is. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. I just mean there's a Twitter for it. Okay. Welcome. What are we gonna do? I think they're a podcast. I hope not. I mean, if they are, we're going to have to tickle fight them for the fucking rights. Maybe it's like a spatial awareness show. Maybe. How to save room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pinterest <laughs> spinoff or something. Fuck. <laughs> well, this has been a just a real good one, guys. Thank you for supporting us thus far. We are starting to see like a growing community of save roomers. Room heads, roomettes. Mm-hmm. Uh... Follow us. Talk to us. Yeah. If you want to talk to us specifically on Twitter, I'm at Kevin Apocalypse, and he is at... Daniel Intendi. And we would love to hear about your Switch thoughts, and you can always submit a topic of the show. Yeah, because we struggle with topics. Sometimes we come up with topics like right when we sit down and hit record. Typically. 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 Or sometimes I, you know, talk about games where you beat up seven-year-olds. Hordes and hordes of seven-year-olds. <laughs> There's a draw there. People want it. That's who I am. Well, we're gonna cut. This one comes to a close. My name has been Kevin, and my name is always and forever will be Daniel. Forever, really? Yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna change it on you, man. Play Steve. It's it's branding right now. I like it's just branding to be named Daniel. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. This has been the. Save- <laughs> you can't even fucking get it. Out. This has been the Save Room Show. Remember to save your game.